Oh, oh yeah, right. we got to pick tonight's did game. Did you text the cowboy? I did. I did too. Does cowboy want to? You want to read them? 27 24 Chiefs, Chris. Wow. 27 23 Lions, Macon. There we go. We're on the We're other side. Guess, Week one. This is how it should be. Yeah. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Football is back. What an amazing game. The Chiefs and the Lions went toe-to-toe. Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes can't play bad games when they face each other. Jared Goff walks out of Arrowhead with a W. A great way to kick off the 2023 NFL season and a great way to follow that up is Stanford Steve. He is the guest today and every Friday this football season. He's going to talk college football. He's going to talk some best bets in the NFL. Obviously, give out his awards, the Coughlin and the Timmy Chang Award. And he'll teach you a thing or two about a thing or two. Macon and Chris start out the show with a roundup of a couple NFL stories. They catch up a little bit, talk a little softball. And after Steve, Chris gives you a week one NFL preview. He goes game by game, matchup by matchup, all the way down the slate. He'll also throw in a couple betting hints as well. Got to take those right on down to the bank. Y'all enjoy today's show. We will catch you Monday back in studio with Kyle breaking down week one. Y'all enjoy. I had a dream last night that I was a muffler, dude. A muffler? <laughs> I'm just going down the road. You were attached to a vehicle? Yeah. It your felt own? like it went on forever. Your own? <laughs> yeah. Or one you didn't recognize? I wasn't sure. I was the muffler. I couldn't turn around and were see. Were you like trying to like crane your muffler neck? No, nah, but when I woke up, I was exhausted. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Still then listen to the pod. You would have learned that the other day. My driver told me that joke on the way up to Philly. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, got you. What's your <laughs> what's your favorite sticker on the wall? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Uh, one is Tokyo. You like Two. Tokyo? Why, why do you like Tokyo? Because none of us have been to Tokyo. Um, I like the colors of it. Yeah. I like the way the letters look. I like yeah. that it's bold. Um, so that's one, uh, two, I think is a new addition in, in Kinnipaus. Yeah. Um, KP over the right shoulder. And then three would be Winnie the Pooh. I, I would say generally the stickers are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just that they're, they're very That small. means we're on the right track. It, he doesn't like the set. You know, maybe when there are a bunch of them, yeah. it'll be great. Yeah, right now, though, it's kind of like men at work. And they're just, they're just so little. I don't really like football. I can't believe you glossed over, it was me. I let the dogs out. Yep, that one's pretty good. That's, I, I just, ordered another one for my vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like it better on a vehicle than on, yeah. say, like a, a podcast studio set. But no, you're, you're on to something. Okay. Kingston just said I had an unlimited budget here for my half, so I'm yeah. looking forward to getting <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah, get on it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like uh, company money. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So um, you got a hello? Harrisonburg, Virginia. Hello. I'm Why? wearing, listen, I'm wearing a T-shirt. I looked it up from the year. Can you, what year do you think this T-shirt was? Uh, this is like a 2006 T-shirt. It's a 2004 not, T-shirt. I'm pretty not sure. well made. It's pretty faded. I mean, it's a 20, you know, 20-ish year old. That's what you old, want, but though. You want it to fade. Yeah, but it, it looks like it would be broken in 30 seconds. It's a, the, it's a William & Mary Tribe shirt, so you says, wouldn't be surprised. Tribe, Home of Mike Tomlin. Division 1 AA semifinals. On the back, it says, flush the Dukes, and there's a picture of a toilet. That's pretty good. And That's uh, pretty good. I hadn't really taken in the whole we situation were there. First years at Virginia, mm -hmm. I went down to Williamsburg, Zabel Stadium, to watch uh, William & Mary lose to the Dukes, 48-34. Was Sean McDermott on that team? Hmm. Go on. We should look that up. JMU went on to beat Montana in Chattanooga the following week for national championship. But uh, we got the Dukes coming to town this weekend. Virginia is a touchdown dog to James Madison University uh, out of Harrisonburg, which belongs back in 1AA. It's a 1AA school, this Sun Belt, Fun Belt nonsense. You do not want to be dogs to a football team named after a person. Like the school, there's no <laughs> I thought you were say named after dogs. Or presidents. James Madison was like five foot two, George like Washington, like PFT height. Yeah, sort of, sort of deal. Yeah. All right, we got to talk about Thursday night time machine. Here's the deal: we're moving away from the Waffle House. Okay, we've settled our debts. We were tied. We canceled it. Um, no one's going to spend twenty four hours in the Waffle House. We got to think of a new punishment. And so I asked you, and maybe some guys in the in the back have one. When you Google like fantasy football punishments, because that's basically what this is, and let me re-explain the the, you know, the whole Thursday night time machine thing. We guess the score at the beginning of the the Friday show. We'll have recorded it before the game. Whoever is closer to the point differential in the game and picks the right team wins that week. Last last year, what happened? It was electric. Uh, I'm up two in the final week. You get the team and the score exactly on the nose, on the button. It's a three-pointer. I'll never forget it. Uh, fucking Maher and shit. It's Cowboys. It's Titans. Cowboys, Titans. 27-24, something like that. I think like I'm, in that. The, I'm, I'm in the Bahamas, and uh, I woke the whole house up screaming. I was being a little sicko halfway rooting for it, and then I was like, all right, now we got to <laughs> chill out a little bit. Was Josh Dobbs involved? Josh Dobbs was involved. Heavily. I mean. Played the game of his life. It it really was I incredible. Needed I needed a prayer, and it was answered. Um, so, anyways, we have to think of a new punishment. I have a couple. You have a couple. Why don't you go first? Okay. Um, for one month, we switch houses. <laughs> like, I move my family into your home, all of our stuff and everything. Oh, okay. You move your family. I, I thought it was like we just... Like I try to be making, <laughs> you know, like family swap. Yeah, like that's interesting. That'd be really interesting. <laughs> I don't know how it would go for either of us. No, Meg would eat you alive, bro. Oh, I don't know. Oh God, dude, I've got a Kate running a pretty tight. You might ship. have a DV situation at my house. <laughs> like she, she, she might would, hit you. she would be mean to me. Yeah, yeah, she would be mean to you. Yeah, you're right. She would pick on you. Yeah. So no, I was thinking we just we move for a month. <laughs> 
I don't think so. Okay. I'm all moved out. Let's right. go on to the next one. Okay. Why don't you do one, huh? Okay, I'll do one. River, no river. I go on the river. You're not allowed to go on the river. That one's pretty easy. That's low-hanging fruit. Maybe maybe it's high enough fruit, but I don't go on the river. I don't like water. you got to appear at the city council. <laughs> and you got to do it until you make national news. <laughs> you just have to keep going back to the city council. I saw a guy the other day. I had no idea he was a comedian. He got in front of a city council in California. Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger. And this is so He's great. Done it he, before, he, yeah? he acts yeah, like yeah, he yeah. acts like, you know, I'm living under a fucking rock, but he acts like just a huge bro and he gets up there and he's like, I'm against AI. Well, maybe I'm not against AI. It's gonna take all our jobs and I hate jobs. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like all you dudes, once AI takes your jobs, come join us at the beach for a bonfire. It's gonna be epic. Everybody's gonna be hot. I think the government should pay us all. Basically, it's UBI. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I thought maybe we can go in front of city council if we lost until we make the news. I'd be willing to do it once. The, but the, where it gets tough is you got to actually make a splash. Yeah, like I don't know if you went in there and pulled your pants down if it would make national news. I think it would. Line. <laughs> Man's penis on city council floor. <laughs> Get it? That's All right, good. So, um, All right, here's one. Be squatting down. <laughs> here's one. $1,000. Yeah. That's, no, that's, no, no, that's so stupid. How's, how's that stupid? It's in pennies. I could buy like eight pairs of shoes. A bunch of them socks. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lots of Hanes X-Tempos. Ribbed for his pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got another one. License plate. Oh. For a calendar year. Now, you and I have been, and I'm talking vanity, you and I have been, uh, wow. I, I think we, we, we wagered on a few things when we used to play FIFA. We had all these crazy, crazy bets. We'd get really drunk and stay up till like three in the morning before we had kids. So much so that my wife would get like really mad at the noises being made downstairs. And we'd bet on things like I was supposed to be on a real estate uh, ad, right? Mm -hmm. you, got, you never cashed that in. Yeah, I had to go out to the bar on a leash. I paid that. You up. did have to go out to the bar on a leash. I was a dog. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of weird. Man. <laughs> like it sounded. It sounded cool to like go to the bar and be like, "Yeah, that's going to be embarrassing as fuck for you." But then you don't think about the fact that you're going to be walking a grown man into the bar. You know, and we really did. Imagine having enough bar nights. That's what's awesome about being young. Having yeah. enough bar nights to just throw one away <laughs> by taking your friend out on a leash. Because yeah. it wasn't fun for me either. Yeah. I made sure there were like three to four dudes with like maximum straight guy energy with us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's not, you know, you know me, I, there's nothing, I got nothing against anything, but I didn't want anybody to think I was your dominatrix. Yeah. So, uh, but license plates. So, I can vividly remember we were we were wagering on something and I had the DMV, the Virginia DMV pulled up and they'll probably hear this and change some of the parameters on some of these bad boys. But Jizz Man was available <laughs> in 2014. J I Z M A N. It's still available. Wow. <laughs> the DMV still doesn't know what Jizz means. And and then Well, if you write in like Fuck, will it say not available? I haven't tried fuck. Okay. I'm way more creative. Uh, P-E-N-1-S. You know what that spells? <laughs> Penis. Penis. Uh -huh. It's available. Uh, I-P-0-0-P. 
that's available. <laughs> oh, you like that one. But can you type in something that won't work? Yeah. Like, I want to make sure it's that. It's like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's happened okay. to me a couple of times. Right. It happened to me with, I went to the um, uh, Remember the Fallen Veterans. Uh -huh. And I was like, do you? <laughs> You know, and they well, were like, somebody already took that. It's thought provoking. Yeah, yeah, it is thought provoking. Yeah. I also went to like the uh, the uh, God bless America, and I, I threw in Do You Pray. Yeah, it, it's available. Okay, so uh, drink pee. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm thick. <laughs> I'm space T H I C is available. Girthy is available. Chode one is available. <laughs> So is Chode. You're in luck. This you is going to be hilarious to like school bus full of teenagers I'm everywhere. Just, I'm also thinking about pickup line and shit. How about Grundle? Drop the last <laughs> E. That's available. And then I really like this one. There's a, a choose life plate. Of course there is. Huh. Um, under it. Nah. Because it says choose life up here of crime. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's just a good plate. <laughs> I want to get that plate. Yeah. So there's a lot of plates that we could go with and you could like, you could go the whole year or six months, you know, let's say like a couple months. How about just actually drinking urine? No, dude. <laughs> you know, I think for, for, for all of these, it's going to be weighted one direction or the, or the other, you know, yeah. for me a little bit, a uh, uh, client facing, um, people ask me about li my license plate right now all the time. And so it's, you don't want to do that. Well, I think it's interesting. I, I, uh, maybe a little bit of veto power would be good, but I, I roll up to the office and be like, "Jizz man's here." <laughs> Jizz man, for instance, would be tough. That would be a tough sell. I got a brother. His name is Hunt. Mm -hmm. H U N T, mm -hmm. and he loves uh, hunting. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Mm -hmm. He had a license plate forever. <laughs> H N T. DKS, which he thought <laughs> he thought that read hunt ducks. Uh -uh. Nah, uh -uh. it read hunt dicks to everybody. One hundred percent of the population. He's changed it to something very similar. He went like DUX. He's I up think. there in the dick stand. <laughs> In hunt, the in the dick blind. HNT DKS. <laughs> what an idiot. Golly, Hunt. Oh. Um you know, you could like walk into the front of the house. Uh this is a girthy foyer, is it not? <laughs> like shit like that. You could make it your your tagline. Yeah, yeah. Girthy, the license plays a callback to your style of some slam. agents brand their business on like luxury. Yeah. I would just be on girth. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a max square footage guy, mm -hmm. but the houses aren't that tall. They're just like ranch style. They go for like an acre. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Thursday night time machine. We haven't picked anything yet. Yeah. Maybe we give, our, give ourselves a week on the punishment. Why don't we, why don't we have uh, fans or locals, as we call you, um, why don't you write us at Greenlight? Make sure you tag me and Macon too so we can see. But what should we do if we lose Thursday Night Time Machine? Now, I think you'll probably say, actually, honor the bet. But we're turning over a new leaf. <laughs> yep. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Right. We got to pick tonight's did game. Did you text the cowboy? I did. I did, too. Does cowboy want to? You want to read them? 27-24 Chiefs, Chris. Wow. 27-23 Lions, Macon. 
There we go. We're on the We're other side. Gas, Week though. one. This is how it should be. Yeah. I just feel like this is the game they just they say like it's us against the world. Everybody's going to be on the Lions, and I am on the Lions with the money, mm -hmm. uh, with the points. But um, but yeah, I just feel like they squeak this thing out. Get the ball out on the perimeter quick. You know, run the ball. Um, fuck, I don't know. You think about the Lions' defense. Are we just forgetting that they're not that great? Like they haven't proven themselves over. A, a big span of, of games like this is still the Chiefs and it's Andy Reid in the first game. Here's the thing with Andy Reid in the first game, dude. I was looking because I was thinking about locks. I'm not going to be giving out a lock here. Uh, Andy Reid is something like 70% against the spread and 90% straight up in openers. And Mahomes is 73% as a five and a half to six and a half point favorite. Now that's just gambling. So, I don't know. Without Travis Kelsey, I made a mistake the other day. I said they hadn't played without Travis Kelsey since 14. I think they did play without him uh, late one year. I think they played Pittsburgh, and and um, they played two games without him. So, you know, they've done this before. Yeah, yeah, Meaningless yeah. games, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't like they scored 17 points. So, I, I do feel like the Chiefs pulled this out, and we're all like, holy shit, they are so good. And they do need Chris Jones. If they're going to lose an opener – on Thursday night, isn't it going to be the one without Kelsey, without Chris Jones, the upstart Lions, winners of probably whatever it was, seven. It makes too much sense. One, one of the best. One thing I've learned, you know, judging the NFL since I got out was like, whatever you think, the opposite is going to happen. I saw a report they're going to be wearing silver lids, white jerseys, white pants. Wish they had a silver pan on, but other than that, I think it's all there. Yeah, it's a little for ugly. the Lions. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay. If you're uh, good, go be good. Correct. Okay, contract talk. That seems like what it's all about right now. In the NFL, there's a lot of holdouts. Uh, one oh, of them just ended, uh, huh? Yeah. What um, do you got? So my contract here expired August 31st. Oh, did it? I don't know if anybody here is aware of that. Can you, can you speak to the upstairs people? I talked to Brian about it. He said to talk to Corporate Scott. Yeah. And... Um, I guess I, I'll talk to Scott. No what problem. I'll do. Okay. It's a good place to air out, you know, Oh, business. no, you know, Because if I ever did that, for the love of the be, game, you you'd know? be on your menstrual cycle. You know, I, I, don't, I, mean, yeah, I don't understand the reference. Yeah. That means you, uh, you would, you would be somebody that I would accommodate, uh -huh. of, of course, uh -huh. because I'm empathetic to that plight. Yeah. All right. No, it's all good. Maybe a raise. I don't know. Definitely years, not a raise. Years raise service. is not on the table. Okay. I'll just say, since we want to talk about Like a years of service business. sort of bonus? No, yeah. I don't no. think there's anything like that. Okay. I think that's like, you know, the, you don't have what to about, do all the podcasts is that. Like incentives? Incentive, uh, incentives? Incentives? Uh, let's see. What would be a good making incentive? You know what? I don't like the way this is going, actually. <laughs> Wait. Well, uh, 3% was 3%, but now you want a bonus? <laughs> that's a different oh it a, is yeah it's yeah different. it is different yeah yeah police church, church and state oh now we're church and state yeah he's like retreat we're out <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the holdouts huh okay nick bosa new deal so he was in florida uh and got on the pj went right across the country signed this thing he'll play uh sunday against the pittsburgh steelers which is a big lift for them obviously but basically, uh, what San Francisco did here is they 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 made the concession. You know, they got the deal done, and that's what I've been talking about with the Chiefs. Is like the delta between what what Bosa wants uh, and what the Niners wanted. You know, out of the gate, it was like four million a year. Like, right? So we 
with Chris Jones, I likened it to like letting loose uh, Clyde Edwards Elair or something like that. Um, on this team, you could look at somebody like Cleveland Farrell, who costs you about that a year. And I know I'm oversimplifying it. I get it. Cap's complicated, you know, timing of these contracts, when you want people to be up. But this is your this is the straw that stirs the drink, you know. And especially when you change coordinators, you don't want to lose a guy like this. Um, Nick Bosa getting this deal done and getting it at what, like 30 a year? 34 a year? Yep. 34, 34 a year. Um, good for him. He deserves it. And um, good for the Niners to get this out of the way going into a game that's going to be a tough one for them. Uh, and then with Brian Burns, I just think the Brian Burns thing is funny. We we got into this the other night, and I think I was just um, I didn't I didn't I hadn't thought it through yet. But I was glad to wait for you to talk about Brian Burns when he held out. What'd you think? Well, he's got all the leverage in the world. I know, and that's the thing. And the Rams created this problem. Yeah, the Rams totally created this problem. The Rams basically we're like hey you're this good you can you know you're worth this much and now a calendar year less than a calendar year later i mean imagine if the Rams had made this move they'd be really up shit's creek and for uh the the panthers i still think they're crazy for not taking that trade i don't know about you well when you're a certain distance off give me the trade yeah you know give me the capital and that's the thing like you guys were talking about well chris you've been um You've been all over Chris Jones and how much they they need Chris Jones in Kansas City. I think the Panthers definitely need you know um, Brian Burns, but they're they're not going the same place that Kansas City's going over the next two three years, over the next year. So you know like there is a difference between paying Brian Burns what he wants to be paid and paying Chris Jones what he wants to be paid. Um, now we don't know exactly what what Brian Burns is asking for. But if I'm Brian Burns, I'm like, you didn't want to let me go for that? I don't know if you're, like, pissed if you're Brian Burns because you imagine L.A. is this great destination at the time, and that can really sting. Like, when somebody sends an offer over for you and you kind of were like, I'm ready to go, you kind of mad at the GM. And Fitter totally shot himself in the foot now because by doing that, you kind of have to treat him like Chris Jones even though he's not Chris Jones. Well, now he had the Bosa numbers to – compared to yeah and he's just waiting and like Micah Parsons is really the guy to talk about with those numbers because here's the thing about Brian Burns I think he's a really good player but he's like kind of on the Mendoza line of guys that like when they hold out I'm like really (laughs) you know um he's a really good rusher and he's a guy who can make a big difference but especially for this team who's probably like we're building right now which is why I think they should have took the trade the video of him in pads walking out to practice but not participating in stretching yeah is awesome yeah he's just standing there while everybody else is stretching yeah it's 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 i actually like it better than staying home yes it's like, like hey, hey i could like be stretching bil- too right it's like now like a billboard for a holdout i could be stretching with everybody right now mm-hmm. i'm this close you're, you're going to see this video circulate you ever seen me over do high and knees? over looks a lot different than the other guys doing high knees so um you know when you when you look at that situation i think of it from two two angles Number one, uh, the Rams part of it, which is they were crazy. And honestly, this could spawn like I'm kind of fucking around here, but uh, a a tactic. Mm, Poison pills. Poison pills, Mm. you know, where you're like, 
hey, this guy here that we'd like to have in an offseason is don't worth. You be serious. Just float it. Like, yeah. We like, were going to offer two first for Romeo Kenny Dobbs. Gainwell. Hey, yeah. Ro- I, I leaked that Romeo Dobbs uh, got, you know, he, and then Romeo Dobbs is mad that he's on Tom Sandy's team and he comes over to my fantasy mm-hmm. team. But I'm I, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at it from from the Panthers' perspective. They should have made this trade. No, you would have been set up. Good and you picks, do need too. him. Good you, picks. Yeah, good picks. Good picks. Not late picks. Yeah, not late. I'd still call Les Snead. if he's out there stretching in a week. You know, if he's not out there stretching in a week. Well, what's the price now? If he's just out there, a first and a fifth. Well, but I don't know if Les would still make that move, and that and that's why I thought it was uncharacteristic of them to not understand where they were um, and where they, they'd be in an off season. Right. So, um, and you know, we, we think about this, like these holdouts, they're getting more and more frequent. And remember when we were younger, I feel like, you know, the average Joe, our age, probably at the time in like 2003, if somebody held out, they're liable to say, fucking honor your contract. That was like, the court of public opinion then. And I think now like the tides turn so much with the way players are thought of as business guys and that sort of thing. Uh, and you want players to have rights and you want players to have autonomy. Um, I think most people are on a player's side that holds out, which is way different. It's totally juxtaposed to the way things were when we were younger. And um, I don't see it as a problem because it is the reality. Like, you know, it's just the natural progression of the way things are in the NFL. But it's a problem for for the NFL because you, as much as you love free agency and drama and as much as you love the trade deadline, the NFL lays out the schedule better than any league in the world. Year-round. Year-round, dude. But this is not something they want on their schedule. Like, so how do they fix it? We were talking about the other night you know, like this Larry Bird exemption, which I had no yeah. idea what it was in the NBA. Matt had to explain it to me. I thought it was like keeping an extra white guy, but it was like, but but the but bird the, rights. Well, the, like one of the problems yeah. with these NFL contracts is when they hold out, a lot of players get traded. So you end up not having guys on the same team for very long. What the NBA did is allow you to go past salary cap restrictions to extend your own player. Right. Which has had a couple of effects. You get guys staying on the same teams for longer, which is nice. Right. You don't have these holdouts, which is nice, but you do have random situations like Jalen Brown getting paid three hundred something million dollars. Well, the NBA has kind of become a league where guys just jump around. Yep. And you know, like uh, it's kind of just the, the adjustments been made on the fly. It's like a global game. It's all these things. So I think I think NBA fans are more, you know, it's more palatable to them. I don't, I'm not saying they they enjoy it. But the NFL, like you, this is an era that's coming and the NFL has to figure out how we address for them this problem, but it's really reality. In any other workforce that's fair, mm-hmm. um, and we look at it through a different lens, we would look at it this way. And we'll see what happens with Chris Jones, but generally speaking, these holdouts keep working. So there's yeah. no reason for players and agents not to do it. Florio said it the other day, I was watching his deal and he was like, you know, like some other job employer says, I'm going to give you a five-year contract. You're like, oh, great. Where, like, where do I sign? Like mm-hmm. the job security is good. The money's good. And then like any day you realize there's a provision in there, they can rip the contract up. Yeah. And that's the NFL. Um, so when these guys do this stuff, even though Brian Burns for me is right on the Mendoza line, hey, when Chris Jones, when Nick Bosa come calling, like I'm bending over backwards, I start looking harder at some of these. 
because I think, you know, like Burns is probably in that 10 to 15 range as, sure. a, as a rusher, um, which is nothing to, you know. He's a great player. Yeah. But it is kind of on the Mendoza line, but I never I never look at it and say, hey, don't get your money because you get hurt. You go out there in two games, hadn't stretched enough, gets and hurt. The NBA, all the contracts are fully guaranteed. Yep. So if you get hurt, you're still chilling. Yep, I'm calling less need though. But anyways, <laughs> we got fucking shelled the other night. Oh. Yeah, it was bad. Score? Um, 11 to one. Oh. It was so bad that the game ended early and we didn't understand why because we've never been slaughtered. <laughs> oh, you got run ruled. Yeah, 48 minutes, but it was nice. I had to come to the studio and do a show after. So, um, got, got run. Hey, whoa, Shoeless Joe over here. Who, Trying me? to get run ruled no. to get to work. Shoeless Joe and Chick Gandal are back there behind the cameras, dude. <laughs> we were out there. It was like we were on drugs out there, which we really are sometimes, some of the players <laughs> on the team. But not usually these guys. I mean, these guys were out there just booting the ball left and right. I know wow. as a pitcher, you're not supposed to blame it Team on your guy. Yeah, yeah. But but it's their fault. Yeah, and it's and it's our fault because we only scored one fucking run. There was yeah. a lot of hand ups in the group chat. Afterwards. <laughs> it was an accountability of, fest in the yeah. group chat, dude. And and another thing that came up in the group chat, we lost one Tom Paquette to a suspension. The, I I am absolutely floored. There was like a month investigation. It lagged the incident. And the suspension, it was like it was like a month in between the two. I thought he was gonna be fine. The guy Hulk smashed a bat on his way to first base because he was upset he hit a pot fly. Uh -huh. And now he's gonna be sitting at the stadium because he got an email from the commissioner and he said, You can come to the game, but please don't make a scene. Wow. So this is real. This is real. It's we real received system. uh the coaches received an email last night citing the paragraph and the rules that he broke and we were like well how did you know knowing knowing well knowing that uh on the youtube recap is tom smashing the bat and they were like oh well we we have our ways to tapes. know yeah wow, you and idiots. uh yeah and uh and they God, said oh i didn't realize that you guys implicated him yeah yeah oh yeah him. i'm gonna give him the it, evidence well and, we should get some sort of prize for that did, well yeah oh yeah threw his bat down no, 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 here. That's exactly what happened to Richard Nixon. Taped himself in the White House tapes. That's how they got caught him. By the way, uh, I think today... Uh, Tricky Tom. I think Nixon got pardoned on this day in history. Yeah, big Gerald Ford. Guy. Yeah, by Ford. <laughs> yeah, so this is pretty interesting. Maybe we need a pardon. I'd like to pardon Tom Paquette. I'd like what to pardon he, Reggie he... Bush. I'd like to pardon Danny Almonte. Matt's gotten good, though, by the way. At the at the little girls' at, game? No, at the sport. See, this is you. This is you to a T. <laughs> can we talk about this? Whenever you can't do something. Oh, I can. No. I would excel. I don't think I would you, excel. Right. Nolan, put me well, out there a, on the uh, field. I'll show you what I can do. God damn. All right, I come mean, play one game. Yeah, we have a we have a roster spot open next game. Yeah, because oh, Tom's suspended. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you Wally Pip him? Come on, big dog, since you want to belittle everything that you can cannot do. Because you either don't have permission or you're afraid to get out there and swing the lumber. It's just like concerts or the river or music or like being outside. Everything you hate, it's you know, it's a little girl's game or it's a show us, big dog. Rivers are come on, Cletus. Stupid. But what I want to say is that my entire life I've been able to throw a ball real good. It just looks natural, okay? I mean, I throw them, I throw it far, I throw it straight. 
it just looks effortless, which is why so many people ask me what I what I play, mm -hmm. you know. And the answer was I I didn't. Just I, talking I, around it. Are you coming to the thing or I, not? I I I I don't know yet. Tuesday, six p.m. You might have to play left field. Is there a we fourth might not outfielder have a in this? Yeah, main yeah. Game? Fourth outfielder. I'll be the fourth outfielder. Okay, good. Right Can't field. Wait. I'm gonna, gonna call so off fucking everybody. Mine. Idiots booting balls in the outfield, bouncing off your chest. Got a bruise on your little little baby girl chest for for damn three four weeks. Clowns. I'm not allowed to field anymore. Uncoordinated. <laughs> Clowns. It really looked like Matt was charging the beaches. Of <laughs> just, somebody took a chunk out of his shoulder. <laughs> in the last second, he was like, I just got to get my body uh -huh. in front of it. Now, I'm no fucking, uh, you know, Pudge Rodriguez out uh -huh. there. All right? <laughs> like, Especially since you're a pitcher. Not a catcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just have tremendous respect for what he did behind uh -huh. the plate. Yeah. Uh, I'm, no, I'm no Chuck Knobloch out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. But Matt, <laughs> I mean, the ball, it looked personal. Yeah. Look, looked like he stole something from the, from the softball. <laughs> looked like he owed the softball money. Uh, what's, what's the record now? Is that two and three? We're 500, three and three. Three and three. A little yep. slide. You know, all the tradesmen are kicking our asses. Maybe we need more tradesmen. You guys have been too much college for you guys. We, we have too much college. We have too many guys who work from home. You know, we need some people out in their, in their service trucks. Here's the rule. If you're on Zoom calls at work, I don't want you on my softball mm. team, which is unfortunate because all we do here is Zoom calls. All right, we've got Stanford Steve. He's back. Can I say something? Yeah, sure. Because we've taped this interview. I came in a uh, little sleep deprived. We can get to that in the C you block. You want to just do your thing so you can leave after this so you, I can do the NFL and cut this down? Sure, but I still want to say this. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, so in this interview, you'll hear um, me ask a couple of questions or try to intro Steve a couple of times into, into a couple of ball games. I couldn't think of the next word while I was saying the current word. So if it sounds like a really bad question introduction, that's because it is. Words weren't coming to me. Mm -hmm. Apologies in advance. Luckily, Steve brought the he's fucking a pro. lumber. Yeah, he's a pro. Holy he's back. Smokes. He didn't go anywhere. So here's Stanford Steve talking some college football. We'll give our locks out, and I'll give you a couple minutes on Sunday's games at the tail end of this show. Thanks to Cash App for sponsoring this podcast. With their security, free-to-order debit card, and a suite of savings and bank tools, it feels like they're my money's BFF. And speaking of BFFs, if you pay attention to the podcast, you know that all of our BFFs are on the Greenlight Softball Squad. We're into softball so much that Dr. Fax challenged me to a home run derby. Matt and Reed put a little side bet on it, and after Fax came out on top, it was easy enough for Matt to pay up and cash app Reed his winnings. I wish I could have defeated Dr. Fax and helped Matt take Reed's money, but Reed's now slightly richer thanks to Dr. Fax and cash app. With security, discounts, boosts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees, cash app is like a BFF for your money. So download it in the App Store or Google Play today and start enjoying your BFF app. The prodigal son has returned. ACC Steve. <laughs> Didn't take long for that one to come. What's up, dude? We'll talk about the ACC. First thing I want to talk about is game day, man. Yeah. 
Uh, huh. I, I'll just. I, this was the first inkling, uh, guys. Like it's, it's been a whirlwind for sure, and it's only going to ramp up now with Scott. You know, being on the road with him for Monday Night Football, but you know, being around Game Day, I traveled with Game Day Radio, Rosillo and I for years, and got a taste of what it was like. But I'll tell you right now, man. Like those people in Charlotte came out. And Desmond Howard and I have to go out and tape a, a sports center hit at 7.30 in the morning. And we walk out, and, I mean, the place is just pumping with energy and music blasting. And I'm just sitting there looking at myself. I'm looking at a camera. I got to tape the sports center guys in Bristol. I'm just like, this is a little different than taping bad beats in an empty <laughs> studio yeah. in D.C. where it's just yeah. Scott and I. So, um it really got like you really had to lock in right there, and I thought that helped me because if we came out for the first time at eight forty-five, uh, I don't know what I would have done because it—I mean—the temperature was about forty degrees hotter. It felt like it was not cool. Um, the ventilation is is not great, and it's only going to be worse uh, in Tuscaloosa this week. But I cannot wait. Um, I've been you know diving in and, and watching the tape on these guys. I've been waiting waiting for this game and it's one of those games here where I think it's like the it's going to be the most referenced game of the season right they're going to go their own ways I know Texas is coming to SEC next year but after this game Bama's going ahead to the SEC and Texas is going to head to the Big 12 and we are going to compare and contrast everything we saw from this game as the season goes around as the season goes along as far as the playoff goes so um, it's always better on, on a college campus, uh, Tuscaloosa, I think, is second um, in, in game day appearances. and But, no, I mean, I, I was blown away at, at what South Carolina and North Carolina brought to Charlotte. It was it was really, really cool. And uh, the energy is just – it's not matched by any other show, in my opinion. And I felt that the second I walked out there. What's the curfew like? Uh, what's the room oh. check situation like the night before – uh, for a 7.30 game day start? Because I've heard some legends about some that have stayed out late and, and woke up and nailed the show time after time. You guys know we're only getting older. Uh, maybe 10 years ago, we would have tested. I swear to you, <laughs> I did Scott's show Thursday night uh, in D.C. I got home at 2.30. I had an Uber at 3.30. Uh, flight at 5.00. I was in bed in Charlotte in the hotel, and I think I got there at 6.25. And then we start, game day meeting at 9. And then, you know, you're taping, you know, your daily wager, your sports center. You got another uh, uh, meeting. Friday night, I was in bed at 7.30. Like, Golly, good for you. So, uh, you know, 6 a.m. wake up. Now we go to central time, so everything's up another hour. But it was, it was funny, Chris. You, you guys could appreciate this. For the first time, I think, since I've had kids, Friday I, te- I, I FaceTime and I'm like, Daddy's going to bed before you, <laughs> and he's going to wake up before you. Like, that yeah. never happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, there, there ain't no messing around. I, you guys know that. I mean, with kids, the morning thing, but this is a whole different animal. you got to be ready to go because it is that early, and you want to match that energy that the, that the people are there bringing you. And – you know, we're there in person. We we see more there because of the crowd, and, and, and they're that close to us. You know, but the most important thing is, that, is how many people are watching on TV. So we want to be, you know, as fresh as possible, not even, a, you know, a dinner Friday night. I was – I think I ate dinner at 
four thirty or five o'clock. Has game day gotten soft? I heard Herbie used to kick it late, dude. What's going key on? Keyword, keyword, used, <laughs> used to. to. Hey, used to. so this kills my segment idea, which was going to be best bar, best game day bar every week. So maybe you could ask. Oh no, around. we could still do that. Okay, I mean, you can still get Thursday the information. night. We could still check it out. Saturday okay. night, we could check it out. Okay, yeah. so so next week when you come back, you got to spotlight one t- Tuscaloosa dive. Book for report. Me. Done. Okay. Yeah, because supposedly I got to go to Harrisonburg to go to some fucking bar where they smoke cigarettes inside yep. because those are the terms of the bet with uh, with PFT commenter. We're 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 catching uh, seven points at home against the Dukes, and I figure I'm going to Harrisonburg. Mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, all right, Somebody's so shaking their head no. Wow, yeah, was going to come up big. No, well, you know it's taken him a long time to get on the same page as me, which is that our program is is uh, in intermittent dumpster fire. You try to get it under control, and then it's like a forest fire where it just pops back up. It smolders for a couple years. We go to the Orange Bowl, and then all of a sudden we're seven point dogs to JMU Dukes again. But at least we call our campus grounds, making. Hey. Virginia 31, JMU 13. It won't even be that close. Tony wow. Calandria. Mu- mu- Muskets on the mend, I heard, too. He got Calandria. whacked. Yeah, first yeah. year, St. Petersburg, Florida. So I have Wally Pip. Might as well call him Wally Pip. Okay. I mean, t- Tennessee brutalized us a little bit. I, I, you know, I saw a highlight of we, we had a guy uh, got put in the second row by an offensive tackle out yeah. in the, uh, the corner of the end zone. He sure did. There were a couple ugly plays. But we're on to next week. And the big thing I want to talk about is not Virginia JMU. It's that game you mentioned. It's Texas-Bama. Mm-hmm. My first question for you, Steve, would be, do you glean anything about where Saban is year to year on how he picks his offensive coordinators? Because he's cycled through a bunch, and the new guy is your guy, Tommy Reese. What is it about this team that makes him want to lean into the physicality more? Well, you look at the personnel. You know, I really think, you know, everybody could take their shot. This this whole they're on the decline, I'm sorry. I'm not there. I still look at what they have as far as a roster. Uh, watching their defense on tape, I get it. It was Middle Tennessee. But when you watch this defense, I, I don't know about the depth, and, that, and I'm sure we'll get into that with the game. But when you, I mean, look what Dallas Turner did to his body and how much thicker he is. Braswell, a uh, kid from uh, Baltimore, St. Francis, actually, Biff Pogge, uh coached him. Biff. Uh, they, need to go Bras- to Charlotte. they need to go to Charlotte with game day for Biff. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> Braswell, 41, outside backer, rush end, whatever you want to call him, squatted 850 for three. For three. What the fuck? Can, I, can we three, check his depth on those squats? Jeez, uh, yes, I need a video. It is, it is confirmed. I'm trying to get the video of it. By the but, way, uh, that's one of Will Anderson's guys. When Will Anderson, yep. I asked him on the show a few uh, month or two back, I said, who are the next guys at Bama? Mm-hmm. He said Braswell and Dallas Turner. So I think I think Braswell will be able to, you know, anchor the end of the line of scrimmage uh, with, that, with that base. Uh, but, but when you talk about Tommy Reese in, in the transition – it's it's the roster they have like Booker he's probably one of my favorite players in the country guard uh, close to home he's, he grew up right where near, where I grew up in New Haven Connecticut Did, ended up at IMG uh, a, a bad bad dude on the offensive line so uh, they bring in a Proctor uh, the freshman left tackle he's that kid's a t- stud yeah got one one he's got, bad a, he's snap got a frame week. he's got a frame I haven't yeah. seen him play I didn't watch Middle Tennessee understood so, yeah. uh, that's why I'm here for you. Okay. Uh, no, but I think it's the strength. I think Tommy, with how creative he was, we saw that. They had way under average quarterback play 
uh, when they had to go to Pine last year and what they were able to do in the run game uh, with multiple tight ends in their offensive line. They get two NFL tackles last year at, at Notre Dame. So I think there was an identity there that Saban wanted to bring back. You look at what they did. They lost a road game in a shootout against Tennessee, and they lost a road game that was a shootout against LSU. So I think with the clock changes and if he could get back to playing ball control, staying in third and manageable situations, not relying on the magic of Bryce Young, that fits him better because he has guys back on defense. That's been the biggest thing is there's been holes, whether it's the secondary a couple years, just those inside backers. Uh, you know, they got one back now, uh, 32 uh, Deontay Lawson is that guy in the middle. You know, you go back to Rolando McClain and Mosley and all those great Bama uh, linebackers they had. They have guys inside um, now that that could cover. They got down Josh Downs' brother Caleb is in the is in the secondary. They still got Kool Aid at corner. Like they are built. Like you know, they come out and you see you know who's Bama starters. You could just look at pregame and you know who they are. Those guys are back. Uh, so when you look at the matchup, I think I, as far as depth-wise and talent, I might take Texas, though. Uh, they have they rotate four DTs that are really, really good. 90, 93, uh, 95, uh, Murphy, Collins, and Sweat. I mean, they're, they are bruisers, and they gave it to Alabama last year uh, on the line of scrimmage, and that's why they were in that game, and then Bryce pulled it out at the end. But that's what you need. And when you talk to people on the Texas staff, that's why they're so confident. Because all those guys coached in the SEC. A ton of them coached for Saban. They know what it takes to go on the road in the SEC and be successful. And for the first time since, God, Colt, McC Colt McCoy days, people in Texas are that confident. Um, and, and I know they, they are. To me, it just goes on, on Quinn Ewers and can he do it. Uh, in this kind of situation. I heard uh, one of the Texas people talking. I thought it was an interesting point. You know, the two biggest stadiums in the Big 12 are Texas and Oklahoma. Texas never plays at Oklahoma. The game's in Dallas every year, yeah. you know? And then the next biggest stadium is Iowa State, 60,000. They're coming in to 90-plus this week, and uh, I cannot cannot wait to see it. And they're making the band sit upstairs, uh, which is uh, my favorite, uh, you know, thread in this game. A uh, little return little of the favor, there. right? Yeah, returning the favor because last year Bama's uh, band had to sit way up there in that stadium and 101,000 uh, seat capacity at Brian Denny. They're going to be up there where the airplanes fly. They might get hit by a fucking Cessna up there. I so. <laughs> You know, like uh, they should 20... throw the musical equipment down <laughs> off the upper deck onto yeah. the lower deck. <laughs> Fuck you. Falling trombone. That's yeah, another way you can die in they Alabama. They probably put the Texas parents on the first <laughs> with the good seats. They probably put them right underneath the ball. Yeah, no question. Backfire. Hey, last year, 20-point dogs. Do I have that right uh, at home? Texas right around there, was. Yeah, 18, 20, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, looking at the quarterbacks, number one, Quinn Ewers looks great. He cut his hair. He looks like he could get a fucking job now. Um, and then Milrow, I'm kind of wondering what his ceiling is, thinking big picture as a passer, and does he remind you of anybody? Um, to me, he doesn't, Chris, because when you watch him run, when he is full stride, it's like, why doesn't this guy have the ball in his hands as, as a playmaker? But then you saw the improvements last week. He threw a couple nice deep balls. Uh, they like their weapons on the outside. They would like a little more consistency. Talking to people, uh, you know, and during camp, there's a problem with some drops. But, you know, there's a lot going on in, in a summer camp in Alabama. Like, the, the weather down there this summer has just been absolutely brutal. 
But when I watch Milrow, I do feel like you. I saw improvements. And that's what's interesting here. Those last year, he had to start against A&M. A&M attacked him. And what happened? It, ball security was terrible. He had two turnovers. And A&M, you know, made it a dogfight. Texas has that ability to make things ugly. Alabama's, uh, you know, their interior offensive line isn't great. Uh, but Texas D tackles are. Uh, you know, and then when you look at the speed, and, and, and Alabama's going to use multiple tight ends. Kid Dupree from uh, Maryland's a transfer. Nye Black is, is phenomenal. I like Nye Black. He's, yeah. Hey, he might be on one of, one of your watch lists. He, he might be. You're right. You're reading in the future. You, you're, mm-hmm. you're locked in on week mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so it's it's a really, really contrasted style because te- on the other side, Bama's defense, their strength is the edge. Uh, with those rushers in Dallas and, and Braswell. But Texas has some good tackles. They got a freshman and they got a, a six-year senior. But Bama doesn't have the DTs that Texas was. So there's there's a lot going on there. The problem is with Ewers is he has not completed the deep ball. And in Sark's offense, you have to be able to complete the deep ball. So Sark's not going to shy away. They're still going to take shots. Uh, but it's consistency. I mean, Ewers can let it rip with the best of them. He has improved, but the mechanics still are not as consistent as they want. Back, back, you know, back foot throws, sidearm delivery. You can't do that stuff uh, on deep balls uh, when you want to be consistent with it, and they're going to need that. So I think Texas defense makes them hang around all game. Uh, I do love the under in this game. I think 27 points wins this game. So um, I'm, I'm leaning towards the under here. What do we got next, Mike? Texas quarterbacks named Auburn, by the way. So if it is a, a field goal game, uh, headline riders going to have a field day, huh? Mm. Ole Miss um, is that in the two lane? You guys are you guys are two lane. You know, I'm more like I'm I'm four lane. I'm six lane. I'm eight lane. Y'all are two lane. All right, all right. Steve, yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, they don't they don't have a lot of. Uh, they don't have the schedule that you would think an SEC team would have. Is uh, is Tulane going to be able to to come and uh, give them a little resistance? Huh? I believe they will. I just when you look at the matchup, Tulane and like Reese Davis, myself, Scott, we all picked South Alabama last week to cover, and our beloved people in Louisiana and New Orleans just took that to heart that we hate Tulane. I do not hate Tulane at all. I how can, you, how can you hate Tulane? I mean, the gear is phenomenal. Tulane? The colors are unbelievable. Uh, but I look at the sophistication of Lane Kiffin in his run game. Those things travel. Now, does Ole Miss have the defense to hold up against Michael Pratt? I don't know. I think it's a super high-scoring game. To me, I would trust what Ole Miss has on both lines of scrimmage more than a team from the American. But – you can't you can't measure the the motivation that Tulane has. Some say it's the biggest home game I believe since 1952. Mm. Um, so I you know I, they had to expand their roads back. They were yeah, they were just maybe dirt roads the start of it. back then in '52. The There's so much traffic coming to this game. They had <laughs> one lane. It was no lane. Hey, uh, now they're two lane. We're gonna keep two lane. Here's my favorite story from this game is the AD from uh, Ole Miss is bitching about the fact they only got 3,000 tickets. Mm. Uh, in the past, uh, it was basically an Ole Miss home game, he says, in the Dome. So they'll reevaluate that partnership. But, you know, when they schedule these games, they don't realize they got a Cotton Bowl team 
yeah. uh, that they got to travel to see. I mean, it's a little – Willie Fritz has done a nice job, but really I think good. when they scheduled this this game, it was probably – they were 500. So yeah. this is a big challenge. Surprise. No doubt. No doubt. High-scoring game uh, should be good. Would be – We'll be interesting to see if Tulane can pull this off, for sure. Okay. All right, we've got Notre Dame and NC State. Uh, interesting thing about this game, do you remember back in, I guess it was 16, there was the hurricane, oh, and Notre yeah. Dame played at uh, NC State. Well, they're calling for rain this weekend. Your boy can't hit the river or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, and and it's going gonna, it's gonna to slow down the passing attack. It's going to be more of a, a run-first game. That's got to play into, uh, into the hands of Notre Dame, doesn't it, when they're on offense? Yeah, for sure. But talking about motivation, your guy's yeah. guy. He's talked about it all week. He has yeah. had the chance to play against Notre Dame. I came down for that game. Macon doesn't remember it, <laughs> but I was there uh, when the Irish came and Brennan couldn't play because of injury. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Sam Hartman. He's fucking obsessed with the guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was talking about Brennan. Did you um, see the Josh Allen tattoo? No. That, that somebody got it's on busting with the boys Instagram right now. Josh has got a dumper and they got he's got a bulge in the front. He's the tattoo oh. sexualized Josh Allen. I'm kind of wondering if Macon's going to get a Sam Hartman tattoo that same way. Hey mm. Steve, yes. I had a baby on Friday. You haven't said anything, but Congrats. I was thank you. I was sitting there in the nursery and I'm um, just talking ball with this this grandma like woman in the nursery. This is and, great. And uh, she's she's probably 80 years old. And I don't, I, I, I don't, all the days are running together, but come to find out she is related to Sam Hartman. Her brother, her brother's grandson is Sam Hartman. Uh-huh. What, whatever relation that, that makes them, it, it's that. And so then she said, uh, I said, oh, good player, great young man. Uh, really good player. And then she, <laughs> she says something like, yeah, yeah. He really enjoys it. And then something about Wake Forest. She, she didn't was, know he transferred? Was not Notre Dame not on <laughs> the really nice lady's radar? So I ask you, Steve, is, is, is Notre Dame um, old news? Are they, are they running into a, a trap here with Brendan and the boys um, who, who faced uh, – it wasn't always UConn. smooth against UConn. Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it no wasn't. doubt. No doubt. And I think you can see a lot. You know, I've said it all week, you know, talking to people. Week one, we see everything, right? We see the new quarterbacks and the new coaches and all the new faces and the new places. Week two, we start to learn, yeah. you know, what exactly we have. And when I look at Brennan last week, you know, at UConn, got, him, got his team out of trouble. Uh, that's, a, that's a brutal spot. You're a double-digit favorite on the road. Nobody wants that. And they went up there and they got the job done. Uh, the linebacker, Pay- uh, Wilson, is an absolute game wrecker. That dude, I, I think he's going to be a first-team All-American. But, yeah, I do believe it's kind of tricky for Notre Dame because they beat up on a Navy team. They beat up on Eddie George. Now you come in, you take you – fa- Dave Doran always has his team ready to play. I think it's a super low-scoring game. But on the Notre Dame side, I do believe in, in, in Hartman. He's the AC- all-time leader in ACC touchdown passes. Like, Notre Dame getting him – takes him takes them to a level where they have Ohio State coming in in a couple of weeks. You expect to win that game when you have Sam Hartman at quarterback. And I mentioned earlier, they had subpar quarterback play last year, and they still were able to have a successful season, most in part because they have Michael Mayer. But um, I, I think Notre Dame is going to find out what they really have here. Uh, I, I think I really like NC State to cover 
uh, the seven and a half. I could see Notre Dame squeaking one out, but they're going to be tested here. That place will be ready. Um, everybody has their thoughts on the Wolfpack fan base. I appreciate them. And I, I like them. I know they'll be ready. If uh, I was going to re- if I was going to recommit to a school today, because we do Uh-oh. this intermittently. We've named two of them today. Tulane would be up there, and so would NC State. I think NC LSU's State's off the list because they got blown out the other night. I mean, yeah, Brian Kelly. I'm not playing for Brian Kelly. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not going to have me on that that twist and circle doing a fucking white guy dance with Brian Kelly. Uh, no, I don't do that stuff. I just play ball. Okay, yeah. so here's my point about this game. Sam Hartman has been to NC State, and it hasn't gone well. Now, I don't no. know how much that matters, but the last time Hartman went to NC State, he threw three picks mm-hmm. uh, and threw the ball 48 times, and they, they had 17 yards rushing. So, I mean, like, you know, he hasn't had a great run at NC State when he's gone there to play. And another thing I want to mention on the quarterback end of things, and this says a lot, but Brennan Armstrong – under Bronco Mendenhall and that crew before last year, his stat line in 21 was 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. It's amazing how quickly we forget this guy was a Heisman kind of outsider. Yeah. All right, Last year, look at this shit. Oh. Fucking 2,200 2, yards, 13 touchdowns, 12 picks. So yeah. obviously not a great fit for him in Tony Elliott's offense. He's reunited with Robert and I who he was cooking with at Virginia. Yep. I think if I'm going to bet this game, I'm going to bet NC State first half because okay. I worry about the like second it. half. Yeah. All right. This I thought is... you were going to say tease NC State in the under. No, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ease into the teasers this year. <laughs> this right? won't be the first time Hartman has faced Armstrong. Deeks 37, Wahoo 17 a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brennan also has Garrett Tujay, offensive line coach at NC That's right. State. That's right. A lot of continuity there for him. So we love our boy Brennan Armstrong, rooting for him this weekend. And there's no Tommy Reese in Notre Dame, so maybe you could join us in that. All right, and then lastly, we've got Colorado at Nebraska. A team with title hopes is how I feel right now. (laughs) Now, dude, listen, the way I feel about it is this is a good football team. I don't know if they're a seven-win team or a ten-win team, but that's a good football team. That's a big improvement from last year. Um, they looked, you know, I heard that their talent wasn't great outside their, their, you know, their, their stars. I mean, some people tried to make it sound like they were top heavy, but they went out there and kicked TCU's ass. Now, I don't think TCU's as good as last year, obviously. Um, but what do you make of this whole thing? And do you think this is the classic game where the public's going to be on Colorado and Nebraska after laying an egg against, you know, Minnesota is going to cover? Well, it is. It's. I mean, looking at the numbers, we haven't had a game with this much action on it in the college level. When you start comparing it to NFL, uh, it's it's crazy that it's outnumbered the tickets for any NFL game. Like you, you just don't get that. So you know the popularity that Dion has brought, and it's much warranted after what they did last week. Now, I, I do job. think it was a perfect, perfect matchup yep. because TCU wanted to play fast break football. Also, now you got Matt Rule who wants to run as many run plays as possible uh, down your throat. I do think um, Nebraska has a significant advantage on both lines of scrimmage, but credit to Sean Lewis in, in Colorado last week. We don't know what their offensive line has, but I'll tell you what, they got a quarterback that's damn decisive and got rid of the ball and had four guys have over 100 receiving yards. Like, that is executing a game plan to a T. Now, can Colorado, you know, hold up defensively? They didn't hold up last week. 
Uh, you know, if they don't get those two turnovers in the, in the in the um, red area, zone, yeah. I don't know if you know this this we're talking about it as much. And you know, games of the year, uh, you know, the sports books release you, two weeks ago, you could have got Colorado plus eight and a half. That's what the line was, and it slipped all the way to three. And then with all this money, this is what's crazy about Vegas. It has not moved off Colorado minus three. That tells you how confident Vegas is in the number that they have. And it's, it's really scary because it's, it's astronomical, the action that's coming in in Colorado. So I could easily see a, a Colorado, you know, a one or two point win here. And, and the books are happy and everybody's happy because Colorado won. But uh, I, I don't taking Colorado is, is plenty of people have, but I just think they're, you know, going in blind in the, in the whole recency bias. But I might tease Nebraska on the road, and then I take Texas on the road as well in a teaser. That okay. would be what I do out of these four games if I was going, if the tease guy was going to make an appearance. Right. So I just, uh, you know, I feel like this is a type of game where, uh, you know, as you said, the public gets egg on their face, and I mean, you, this Colorado model—it's popped up at uh, you know Texas State a little bit, like that flew under the radar. I thought that was a huge deal. Any other week one, we're making a big deal about that, but Colorado stole the show. I mean, it's not automatic. We talked about it a little bit on this show, but I do think, and I likened it to like American politics, where we're thinking outside the box. Like if you've been on TV, you could run for president. If you played in the NFL, you could be um, one of these recruiting machines These in the NIL era, in the social media era. You could be the next Deion Sanders. Now, the trouble is, who's the next Deion Sanders? He's kind of, he fits like a glove. I mean, it, you, yeah. you never would have thought it would have worked out, but it works out perfect, and you see the, the power that he has in bringing players in and the whole thing. Like, Arizona State has 40-something transfers this year. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be great. So it doesn't necessarily mean that no. if you bring a bunch of new guys in or a former NFL player, it's going to work. But do you think this model is going to be more prominent? It's like cutting to the front of the line a little bit. You know, and, and I would have... It's funny, I would have likened Colorado to a Virginia. I was going to ask you who Virginia's Power 5 comp is in the wake of us catching seven against the Dukes. Not anymore, because we don't have a Deion Sanders. No. So, like, does this work? And who are some of the other guys you could see pull this off? I don't know, man. I just think about what he – the mantra of Dion. Like, you know, that's the, he was the guy when I was growing up. Nobody, nobody was Dion. Uh, yeah. Seeing him, I mean – Going to the Walter Camp All-America stuff when I was young, and he, no one cared about anything. And there was NFL guys there, and Dion was at Florida State. No one cared about anyone besides Dion. So I, I've seen it uh, up close for, for a long time. And the thing that's amazing to me is that he just continues to back it up. Yeah. No matter what it is, he's on top all the time. And I just think he... He, like his words, believe right, and 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 that's like it's coach talk, it's corny, it's whatever, but it's pretty darn obvious he's got these guys and this mass amount of guys that have not been around him to do that, and that's where the stuff behind closed doors is is fascinating to me. To see how crisp and buttoned up they were as an offense was awesome. Uh, to see, like I, I literally, you know, people were asking, "What do you think is going to happen?" I honestly had no expectation because nothing of that would surprise me. You have a team, you know, that had a lot of changeover themselves at TCU, and when I looked at the styles, 
if 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 Colorado wanted to do it and what they did and, and go up tempo and throw the ball over the place and, and get their speed and space, that that was going to be possible and it, and they did it. So um, I no, I I can't think of anybody that could do it. I got one I really for you. Don't. I got one for you. Ed Reed. Ed Reed and the whole Bethune thing. I think Ed Reed has that magnetism, that respect, that motivational. Uh, kind of superpower that like when Ed Reed walks in the room mm-hmm. I mean I used to watch yeah. the Miami halftime speech to get yeah. fired up it's like 15 seconds long mm-hmm. don't ask me if I'm okay I'm hurt dog <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I I love Ed Reed uh, I think Ed Reed could could take over a program somebody like that and have the same effect as Dion but you're right like okay. this I- is he's the first of the party and he's the yes. best at this thing yep um, so it's hard to, to, to say whether or not we're going to go this direction a little bit more uh, in the future. Uh, did you have Virginia Power 5 comp? Stanford? Yeah, I was going to ask, who would you rather be right now, Stanford or Virginia? Uh, well, the, the whole Pac-12 thing kind of complicates things. I'm fired up for some ACC baseball in Charlottesville. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm looking forward to. So who would you – yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun, tr- you know, trips down here. Uh, I think we have to meet Stanford you halfway in Dallas. Kind of be a party at SMU. We sh- yeah, you know we should like when they meet up. We should meet up in the Midwest. Of course, the ACC basketball tournament this year is in DC. Also, okay, Not good. So about- you think it's Stanford? I, I was going to throw a couple more out there: Illinois, uh, Indiana. You used to be Colorado. Used to be Iowa said, State. I would have said Cal. So can you educate us on the differences between Stanford and Cal? Because I figure Cal, you have notable players who get drafted, have good mm-hmm. careers. Maybe the Jeff Tedford era is a corollary for the George Welsh years, but a lot no, of not as long, not as long, not as fruitful. As you the aren't George as Welsh. weird as that place, huh? Oh, okay. You're not as weird as Berserkly, man. That place. Berserk- I, I can't wait to see these Auburn people going out there this week. Like, you talk about a contrast <laughs> That's of styles. The that should be oh another my. thing. Can we do that this year? Culture shock of the week? Oh, my Reed, God. write that down. Culture shock of the week this week I, is going to be the oh boys man. from Auburn, Like, they're going to be sitting there looking at the stadium, and you look right over. You see Strawberry Con- Sur- Strawberry Canyon, Tightwad yeah. Hill, yeah. and it's just a cloud. Yeah. And you, you're like, ah, oh, I wonder what's going on yeah. over there. And then, God forbid, they walk down Telegraph. You see stuff there that is just – you won't, you don't see it anywhere Those else. message boards are going to be off the chain. Uh, All right. So, anyways, uh, we got a couple quick hitters before we get to our, um, our three locks of the week. Yep. Real quick, who's more likely to be this year's Miami? And by, by that I mean get their ass kicked early, reel off a bunch of wins. Uh, is it Clemson or LSU? I would have to go Clemson. Because of the strength of schedule. Yes. All right, now let me ask you this. Is Clemson basically Texas? Now, I, I, I'm i not really aware of Texas's probably very rich football history year in and year out before the 05 to 09 period. Mm-hmm. But they had that really dominant run. Yep. And it feels like it's over for Clemson. I don't want to bury the – well, I do want to bury these guys because I don't like Clemson. I don't make any bones about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dabo's up there after they beat Duke. Give me a 45-minute 45, 45 yep. dissertation on why they were better – except for on the scoreboard, then Duke, I can't fucking deal with it. Take your medicine and move on. You're not going to look back at this game. You're not going anywhere this year. But let me ask you this. Is it over for Clemson? I think there's got to be some changes made. 
Uh, I, I just look at how they were built and look look at the guys they had on the defensive line in front seven. And you just don't step into a Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. And and listen, Klubnik deserves a lot of credit. Great recruit out of, out of, the, out of, the, out of the high school, but he's got to show more. And then you look at the receivers. I mean, the names are there. I mean, those guys were elite. And then if they weren't elite separation guys, it was a Mike Williams where you throw the ball up and he would get to. Or um, a, a New Hopkins that was just insane with, with ball skills. Uh, a Renfro that was as good as, as it got and a perfect fit for that system. The drop-off there, and it's natural. It's what happens. Those why, That's why those guys are all in the league playing. Yeah. Uh, so I think there there just has to be, you know, they haven't had a lot of offensive line pro, but they had NFL quarterbacks. So how, that's how you offset that thing. So I, I'd look at, you know, Luganville said it on the, uh, at the end of the broadcast, the speed and the strength was not – he didn't see a difference between Duke and Clemson, and that's a credit to Duke. Yeah, uh, it you is. You know, like everybody talks about Clemson this, Clemson that. Clemson's going to still have their chance to make their to make their hay, and they get Florida State in a couple of weeks. Uh, who's a whole different conversation when you I remember that when Duke used to be a bad comp for Virginia. Now yeah. I'd be like, fuck, I'll take it. So and like, that's to me, that was that because I, I love Riley Leonard. Um, and I, I know they're going to be a classic case of they're going to be a better football team than they were last year, but they're not going to have as many wins because they play the gauntlet of the ACC this year. So, um, but I thought that was way more about Duke and what Elko has done there as, as being a questionable hire and hiring a guy who hadn't been a head coach before. His, his, his brand is, is instilled in that program. It's awesome to see. Now, one last thing on Clemson. Nicole Auerbach wrote a great article about, you know, the way that Davos failed to be progressive as a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, whether it was the NIL stuff, he's going to cut his nose off despite his face. Uh, and then on the transfer portal as well, he's been slow to get with the program on that because he thinks he's got everything he needs right there at mm-hmm. Clemson, him and his little bowling alley. Okay, mm-hmm. so here, here, real quick, Coughlin and Chang Awards. Well, I consider Cam Ward, a quarterback of Washington State, okay. a Timmy Chang Award winner because they don't have a conference, so they're not <laughs> Power Five. So yeah. Cam Ward was unbelievable. I took Colorado State in the Superdog last week on game day. They were a double-digit home dog. Um, thought they would be improved. And Cam Ward went for, I think, five touchdowns and over 450 yards passing. So Cam Ooh. Ward is a guy that never gets talked about when you talk about Pac-12 quarterbacks. Uh, now, I know they don't have a conference, as I just mentioned, but that dude's got a lot of skill, and he's got a chance to take a monster step if he could beat Wisconsin for a second week, uh, second year in a row this week in Pullman. Um, and By the way, when you're thinking about this award, I want to I let people know once again, your boy jumped on the pokes Saturday night money line. Okay, so... Just, just I'm on a little bit of a you know heater when it comes to taking the dogs. So just keep okay. that in mind this week before right. we get into picks. Okay. Uh, and the Coughlin Award Week One is Jaheim Bell, uh, transfer from South Carolina for Florida State, and one carry, one touchdown, another catch, another touchdown. He was a guy that I loved that Florida State got because when I think about Norvell, he does an unbelievable job of play calling. Uh, I believe he's a top five. Uh, play caller in the sport in my opinion and he's a piece like you saw him he lines up as the wing he motions he gets a hand you know a jet sweep he can run a, a, a any route in the book as a tight end so Jaheim Bell stepped up big time week one Coughlin award winner
Hey, hey, y'all, this just in from Stats and Info. Cam Ward is the week one Timmy Chang award winner for the second year in a row. First time oh. it's ever happened. Oh. Um, follow up, Steve. Steve, all right. it's week one. Would you like to explain the Timmy Chang and Steve Coughlin awards in uh, 12 words or less? Yeah, 12. Timmy Chang, non-Power 5 star player, in my opinion. Coughlin award, anyone who I want to give an award to. Okay, beautiful, perfect. Good, that's awesome. You really did it under 12. All right, so we got about five minutes here to get our NFL locks out. We're doing three a week, right? Like, that's that's what we've settled on. We'll, we'll have some, some booster weeks that you guys will accuse me of uh, engineering because you think I'm down. And when Reed wants to do, like, a Thanksgiving pick'em or a Christmas pick'em, you guys think it's my fault. But, okay, so week one here, who wants to go first? This is the NFL. Defending champion? Yeah. Who, yeah, let the is defending champ go first. No, it's not you. Uh, I'm going to take the so Steelers. So, me and Steve tied. So we'll, fuck you! Yeah! Are you kidding me? No. Can I do why? Because I know exactly why. Fuck, they're home, Steve. They're a home dog. And Bosa, I only saw a headshot. Maybe he does have a beer belly. Um... I like the I like the the way the where where they are right now with that defense the way they are. Give me the Steelers at home as a dog. Listen, I like the game anyways. When you look at the Steelers the last three years in openers in twenty one, they beat uh Buffalo. They went to Buffalo, they were touchdown dogs, they beat them outright. Twenty two, they were six and a half point dogs they they uh they beat uh the uh the Bengals I, I believe 23 20 and then in 2020 they were favorites by a touchdown covered that spread against the Giants so I love Mike Tomlin out the gate mm-hmm. this is a fucking great pick Steve I hate you right. uh and the money right now it's 45 85 so 45 percent of the bets 85 percent of the the money uh, you motherfucker you <laughs> god Darn it, dude. I had three. I was good. I forgot I got to have backups. Okay. All right. Here's what I'm going with. I'm going to go with the Vegas Raiders. Okay. They, three and a half. Three and a half. Mm-hmm. Are we buying half points here? We get do a, whatever we, you do want. Do we buy a half product. point? It's once a week. You can buy a half point. Once a week. I'll use my half point uh, here on the, uh, on the Raiders. If it was at three, I might stay away. But, you know, Jerry Judy's questionable. Tim Patrick's obviously IR. Javante Williams is back, but I don't know how he's going to look. And the Raiders haven't lost to Denver since 2019, and basically since Josh Jacobs has been on the team. So um, I'm excited for this game. Uh, I don't mean like in a sense of watching it, but in a sense of like collecting the money at the end of the day. And it'd be great with the Raiders under win total that I'm on if they can lose this game. Okay. Cleveland Browns at home. They're, they're getting two and a half. They got the Bengals. If I'm going to be wrong about the Browns being good this year, I'd like to be wrong week one so I can just pivot and adjust. Deshaun's got to be better than he was last year. Chubb, I can just read the roster. They're great at every level. Offensive line is outstanding, and we don't know what we're getting from Joey Burrow's calf. So week one, dog pound, high expectations, and they're getting two and a half. I like it. Give me Cleveland. All right. Watch out for that quick game. I'm going to take New England. Plus the points. All offseason, he's had a chance to look at the Eagles. Eagles, new coordinators. I can't wait to see New England. I, wow. I really, I, I know Belichick, boring, whatever. Everybody's rooting against them. I still think they are going to be a pain in the ass all season long. I can't wait to see what Belichick does against Hurts and company. Give me the Patriots at home. 
Jeez, Louise. I, I wish I could get Denver or uh, Detroit at what I actually got them at, but that line has uh, <laughs> it's, it's changed a little bit, as we know. Um, you know, I, I'll... If it wasn't Baltimore, I'd put a, I, you know, I'd take a flyer on, uh, on Houston because there's it's crazy when you look at the uh, the dogs of, of big lines five to ten points. They're fifty eight percent since eighteen and seventy eight percent last year. I just think Baltimore runs them out. Sorry, I'm working through it as we speak because Steve stole my favorite pick. Um, I will go with, I'll go with the total here. I don't even know what the under is up in New England, but I'll take the under. 45, I see. 45. I think they I think they try to slow this game down. I think Bill's going to try to pound the rock and uh, play a little keep away. So uh, make Jalen Hurts earn it, the whole thing. I, I like the under there. Okay. I'm going to take a bottom three, bottom five team against a team that won 13 games last year. Give me the Bucks plus six. Good, in good Minnesota, uh, could the Bucks be weird? Could no. The, could the Bucks be weird and plucky? No, but I the know. Vikings aren't that good. Vikings Bucks aren't are that play good. Defense, you know that they're going to play defense. They still have got the the skill position players. Uh, Baker, uh, roll the ball out there. See what happens. Yeah. All right. I like it. Um, I'm just going to make this a head to head against Chris. I'm going to take Denver just because I cannot wait to see post-game press conference with their head coach and quarterback and see how different they are um they're at home i get the numbers chris all explained but i'm taking denver okay okay i'll just play another under because i think unders have done pretty well week one and uh, i'm forgetting which under oh yeah it's tampa and minnesota and that's because the bucks are under 17 of the last 21 games Mm -hmm. i mean and and i don't see how it's going to be a slugfest up there i don't see how it's going to be a shootout it's going to be a slugfest all right. Uh, look out, Carolina Panthers. Ooh, plus I like three it. and a half. I like it. In Atlanta. All right. Atlanta's supposed to, to, to be great. Um, maybe that's an overreach. They have all the, all the pieces to be very good. And here's little Carolina with, little a, little Carolina. with a rookie quarterback. Um, I think it's a field goal game either way. So you got to be careful because the because the the Falcons are like a hipster NFL fan pick. Mm-hmm. They're not like really a truly public pick. But I get what you're saying. I mean, a lot of good D linemen in that game too. Um, the, it could be hell for quarterbacks. Hey, Steve, All right, Steve, g- give us your backup super dog pick. Who you're not taking for super dog, but who you wanted to? Texas Tech. Oh, okay. last week. The, coming up this week. Oh, this week. Uh, Texas Tech. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Steve, go get on your flight, man. We'll see you on TV. Remember Thank that bar thing. Thank you, guys. I just want to say one thing. There yeah. hasn't been a day gone by where I haven't thought about that poor branch that Kyle tried to grab on the <laughs> river. I think about that poor branch every single day, and I watch it every single day, and I just, like, talk about having no chance. That poor branch. Good Or Lord. Kyle. Or, Nobody in that situation oh, had a chance, dude. God. I, I – my favorite thing I've seen, I think, ever <laughs> on the internet, and I think about uh, it every day. <laughs> he's doing all right. Good, good. Yeah, he's doing okay. The branch. All right. yeah. for, don't remember. Don't forget that bar. Okay. Start oh, for the I, Lions. There'll be multiple. Okay. I'm gonna have right. to power ranking and post okay. Love yeah. you, Steve. Right, care. Love you guys. I hate buying tickets. I've been playing my whole life. Never had to worry about buying tickets. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time 
is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And with the GameTime app, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. I'm trying to see the monster trucks for my kids or Willie Nelson for me and my kids. I can find it all on the GameTime app. GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, fellas, here's our uh, look ahead for the weekend. A lot of games, man. I'm like, I feel like it's uh, Christmas Eve. I cannot wait. I mean, and tonight we get a football game. I keep forgetting oh, about boy. that. Dude, that's the ultimate. Like the opener uh, kind of sneaks up on you now that it's every Thursday uh, mm -hmm. to start the NFL season. I got a fantasy draft tonight. I'm in another league. Football is here. All right. So Sunday is the real day. Sunday's the real day. And we it's, got Team USA at 9.30 in the morning starting it out. You're looking at some FIBA shit or whatever <laughs> you're looking at, dude. But I I, um, I can't wait. Big slate Sunday. We're trying to decide which which game we're going to live stream. Keep an eye out for that. I think uh, it'll probably be New England-Philly. Uh, it'll probably be the 4 p.m. games, which I kind of like it when they front load the ones and put a few fours. You know, just run me over with football in the 1 o'clock slot. And then at four, I can kind of do my notes and keep one eye on uh, back in the day it would have been like Philip Rivers trying to engineer a comeback around sundown only to fall short. Those are the four PMs I like. Just a couple AFC West games and maybe one that I don't have to watch at all. But this weekend, there's action all day long. So let's do this thing. I, I, I'm going to break this thing down in three subcategories, and we've toyed with this before, but games that are unwatchable, basically, mm -hmm. um, games that are kind of in the middle for some reason, like like a, a game like that might be Green Bay, Chicago. Yeah. Yep. You know, you're, you're watching to see players. I want to see how Jordan Love uh, performs. I want to see how Justin Fields performs. You know, the two teams that you're not thinking are going to be vying for for the division, I mean, but you never know. I mean, we talk, I did a Rashawn Gary breakdown this week. It's out on YouTube. So, I mean, check YouTube for a little Packers talk, talking about their pass rush. There's a lot to be excited there, but not a team I would put in Tier 1. Tier 1 is going to be a Vegas game. Vegas games are games that I wish I was at the MGM Sportsbook or mm. something. Uh, you know, a beautiful sportsbook. Bellied up, so I hear. You know, a brew and like 14 games, people watching, the whole experience. These are the best games of the week. So we'll start with Vegas games. That'll be followed by the Atlantic City games. It's like, <laughs> listen, I like Atlantic City. It's fine, <laughs> you know, but it's not like I'm 38 now. You know, when I was younger, I might go to Atlantic City to like a bachelor party, enjoy one of their indoor pools, possibly get mugged outside the liquor store there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's a stay inside town. Yeah, yeah stay not, inside and watch. Stay inside and watch. Let's see. Stay inside and watch Jacksonville Indy. 
Yep. You know, it's kind of right in the middle. Yep. You want to see Justin Fields? Watch it from inside Borgata. Yeah, you got the Borgata, Caesars. One um, of the drunkest nights of my life was at the Borgata. I mean, me too. So. I think everybody's kind of <laughs> drunk experience at the Borgata, dude. Yep. I, I kind of love, I'm talking myself back into Atlantic City, actually. They filmed the Sopranos there a good amount. You want to be a star, go to Atlantic City. And you know, putting- that's kind of my, that's kind of my, yeah, I go to Vegas. I get I get I get eaten up. There's a lot of real celebrities out there. I go to Atlantic City. I can really live like James Harden. <laughs> I don't mean the strip club thing. I just mean like I'm recognizable. <laughs> I live like James Harden. I'm not living like James Harden in Atlantic City. I'm living right. like James Harden at the the Rhino. Yep. By the way, my wife knows I used to go to strip clubs a lot because uh, in St. Louis they were the only thing open after a game. Yeah. After a certain hour, you get a hot dog in the parking lot, which you guys found funny before in this podcast, but they had great drunk food. Some be coming up the whole thing. Anyways, I think my wife told me she wants to go to Spearmint Rhino with me. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know if you should be worried or what. <laughs> so anyways, we'll start with the Vegas games. The quick story about Atlantic City. I told you a story about, um, you know, the beginning of my pro career. And going to the link, getting my ass kicked. My first retired pro game I enjoyed in Atlantic City. Uh, I woke up with a head-splitting hangover. I was there doing some promotion thing. And I think I was out drinking with Hollis Thomas or something. Uh, And I I ran up to my room to take a million notes. You guys know me because I was getting ready for like our first show. I can't even believe it. But it was Philly. Um, They were playing I forget who. But I've told you a story about why I retired. They brought in a guy, and I really can't remember his name right now. I think it's Malik Jackson. Yeah, top two John Cena dot gif face retreating into his face moment for me was uh, in Tanzania when I had Kelsey over there to climb Kelly. By the way, we almost got in a fight in the tent because he realized it was hard. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, we get down, and we're just like, by then we've obviously made up, and we're sitting at a picnic bench drinking beer, just, you know, like having a great time. And uh, comes across the ticker that the Eagles signed Malik Jackson. And within five minutes, I have a text from Howie. Hey, can we talk? The whole thing. And it just fucking ruined my day. I was like, it went from I'm sitting with my teammate to I used to play with this guy in my head. Because I knew what time it was. And I knew what because what they were going to tell me. They were going to tell me, oh, you're just barely going to play. The other one was obviously going to Germany for stem cell to put everything I could into this 2017 oh, yeah. season. Waking up at three in the morning to take a piss and I have 200 text messages. Is Derek Barnett a bad thing for you? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but they brought him in that kicked me off the field. So I, in the back of my mind, I was always watching Philly games. Like if this guy gets hurt, I could get a a call. I was just starting to enjoy retirement and the guy goes down game one. So my whole Sunday gets flipped upside down. And that led to me working out for three weeks and having a two-hour meeting with Jim Schwartz and saying, no, I'm good. So uh, uh, (laughs) it's not like Jim was really asking. It was more, you know, some other people were asking. Jim was more like asking me if if I was 100% sure if I wanted to come back. So we've got the Vegas games. Let's start with San Francisco-Pittsburgh. I'm really excited about that game. I think you hear my voice when Steve brought it up. I was partially just pissed off at him. Because it's a great play. I really like buying the point. Uh, Pittsburgh hosting San Francisco. You heard all the numbers about Mike Tomlin as a dog. Every time I hear him, they're even more than you think they were. 
like you know you have this idea in your head that he's a giant slayer and that floor has a the team has a really high floor but in actuality it's it's higher than you think i mean they play well in openers i talked about that earlier and one thing that was interesting just looking at trends you think west coast team going east especially in week one for whatever reason you think it'd be a bloodbath for west coast teams i went back and did some inexact research okay basically i scrolled through every opening um every opening week of the nfl the last five seven years and this held up the other way the west coast teams were fine and i don't know if it's a product of you know the opponents they play or whatever i don't know what the lines in those games were but there's no week one west coast hangover going to the east coast and maybe that's because travel is a little easier week one you know week one it's kind of like Travel gets hard when you feel like you just got off the plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was the thing about travel. It's like week seven, week eight. Damn, we got to go here. Damn, we got to go there. It's another time zone. You've been in the bunker for a while. You've known this train's coming, and you're ready to get on the plane and get some sleep. You're rested. The vets used to say in training camp, you know, Rook, this is the best you're going to feel for an entire three, four-month span. The first day you run out to practice, and it's true with the first game, too. So and and honestly, I, I kind of want to push back on that as I think it through. Like for instance, in 2018 in Philly, I had a partially torn quad, and I I did it in camp at some point. I don't know when I did it. Um, it just happened. And the first eight weeks of the season, I'm almost more tired than I was late in the season. And that was a general rule because another thing is teams wear your ass out in preseason. So like if you look at a, a schedule in the NFL, in preseason, you're still doing hard inside run. You're still doing a bunch of team. It's still hot out there. You're still dealing with nicks and bruises from training camp. So in actuality, I want to push back on my ignorant statement I meant, uh, uh, I said a minute ago. I think sometimes you feel better later in the year as a sidebar um, because the pads start getting taken off on Wednesdays. New CBA, halfway through the year, all of a sudden, not even halfway, I don't think, you take the pads off and you're out there in underwear. And for a guy that knows what they're doing, like me in Philly or something, that's when you start to get your legs under you. So anyway, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, the matchup I'm really, really, really excited about seeing is Joey Porter Jr. taking the field against all those weapons and and Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I would liken this to if you're a rookie QB running out there and seeing the Philadelphia Eagles pass <laughs> rush. You know, this is a big test for this kid. And, you know, he's got Patrick Peterson right next to him. He's got a dad who played in the league, so he knows kind of what it's about. But I can tell you, just because your dad played in the league doesn't mean that first game is not going to shock the fuck out of you. The speed of it, the whole thing. And uh, I'm really excited to see this kid play. Heard great things about him. Uh, he's going to have a, a, a tall task ahead of him, no matter what he's he's assigned to do on a given play. I also want to see when the Niners have the ball, can McKivitz hold up? You know, McGlinchey goes to uh, Denver, right? You know, and people overlook McGlinchey. You know, he's a he's a Bucks County guy, I think. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like McGlinchey. He's yep. a, we got to get him on the show sometime. But he's more of a run blocker than a pass blocker, you know, and that's true. But he's not a huge liability out there. And, you know, sometimes I think when, when a dependable right tackle moves on, people say, oh, well, it doesn't matter who we throw in there. You know, it's it's you know, it's a right tackle. But TJ Watt, Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig, brother of Nate Herbig, two guys that came out in totally different shapes, just like me and Kyle. Uh 
And uh, there's some good rushes there in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, when they're on offense, I think the big key for them this year, it's an X factor a little bit. I mean, because this guy is already there. But you look at Pittsburgh and, you know, and you look at any team and you look at the the addition of Darnell Washington or, you know, uh, they added somebody, Isaac Sayamalu. But I want to see what they do this year to get the most out of Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is a guy that that can really get open. He He's dangerous. He's a good route runner, the whole thing. But he's had drops. He's been inconsistent at times. And they've had trouble getting him in the end zone. So if I'm Mike Tomlin, if I'm Matt Canada, I'm sitting in that room all offseason and I'm saying, hey, I, I forget the guys we just added. How are we going to get the most out of this guy this year? And with Lenore on him, if Ward is on Pickens, that could be a good game for him to get going. So I, I'd like to see more consistency out of him. I think Pittsburgh wins this game. Hmm. I mean, I could be sitting here with egg on my face uh, in, in a couple of days, but I, I like their chances. And I had San Francisco in the Super Bowl, but it's week one. You never know what right. happens week one. Favor the dogs. Philly, New England. I wouldn't favor the dogs here, not in a sense that I think New England's going to win this game. But I saw a stat, and you guys at home can, can, can tell me I'm wrong, but uh, I think in the last 23 games that a Super Bowl losing team has opened up, they, they've, they've only covered the spread like four times. That's wild. It's a wild trend, if that's true, <laughs> okay? But in general, and I, I read this, Super Bowl losers are 43% against the spread, 52% straight up. So take whatever sample size you want. It's, it's always hard after you lose that game to come out there. I remember in 2018, we won the Super Bowl in 17. We come out there and we go down to Tampa, and Deshaun Jackson seemed to make it personal. Uh, and and they were firing that fucking pirate cannon five, six times, it's a hundred degrees, and we played terrible. So you just never know. And and to 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 go further, that year it took us eight, ten games to get going. We were four and six, and ended up an Alshon drop away from being right back there. You know, so you know it's not always easy getting out the gate. Now this team's better than we were by far. The question for me is what Bill Belichick's going to do. I mean, like he's had an entire off season, you know, the entirety of camp. I'm sure he's 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 working. He's a multitasker. He can he can coach ball. He can walk around, coach the O line, coach the running backs, the whole thing. He can get the practice plan together, and he has 30 minutes at the end of each night to prepare for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. So I think the big question is, you know, a lot of people would say, myself included. You got the rushers, right? You think you have the rushers. And by the way, I'm really excited to see Lane Johnson and Matt Judon because yeah. I take great pleasure in watching my buddy who I think is, it's kind of crazy. He's he's arguably the best tackle. He's arguably the best player in the whole league. He's up there. I mean, yeah, I don't, people call me a homer, but him and Trent Williams, right? Right. You pick your poison, but it's the, it's the most, highly demanded position outside of quarterback in the most popular sport in America. And my boy is that dude. And every time I get to watch him, uh, it's Von Miller, it's whoever, it's Hunter. It's mm -hmm. like, fuck, when he was practicing against, um, you know, Cleveland, I was like, can you send me some you and Big Z <laughs> doing one-on-ones? Cause I just love to see Lane work. I want to see this matchup. I think it tilts towards Lane. I do. And uh, but if you're New England, you think you got the rushers with Uche and those guys. 
you could say, hey, heat them up, man. You know, like, you know, play coverage, heat them up. You got guys outside. Uh, I don't know what you're going to get out of Christian Gonzalez. You got Duggar in the middle. You feel good about the, the matchup on tight ends. But if you can rush four and beat this offensive line, which very few teams can do, if you think that, go ahead. He could also get kind of frisky and blitz these cats. Here's the thing about, you know, heating up Jalen Hurts is obviously if you miss, you're going to miss big. But the last team that really did it, I feel like, was Tampa um, in that playoff game, which feels like five years ago, but it's not that long ago. Um, and another thing that Tampa did, which was interesting, Nolan brought this up, was they attacked the mesh point, which is a really hard thing to do for a defensive end. It sounds simple. Okay, the read guy. For you at, you at home, the quarterback is reading a lot of times the end man on the line of scrimmage, that sort of thing. So the read guy in that situation will muddy the look by going right at the mesh, not declaring to one side or the other, trying to blow the mesh up, which does a couple things. It throws timing off, but it also makes the quarterback think about things because he might be getting hit. So when you look at attacking the mesh point, that's something, a wrinkle that that Bill could throw in. I remember in, in St. Louis, they used to tell us to do it and they made it sound really easy. Well, you gotta be fast. You gotta be able to get there. But Jalen does hold that mesh a little bit. So I'll be interested to see if he, he sprinkles some of that uh, last time I think Philly played New England up there, I don't know if you remember this, but it was Malcolm Jenkins to the house on Tom Brady mm -hmm. uh, and Bradford over Brady. Right. That's how long ago I think it's wow. been since they played up there. So, because uh, I never played up there, not with Philly, preseason game. For New England, when they have the ball, uh, you got Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien. Can't wait to see what that looks like for, you know, good and bad reasons. Um, I see a lot of 12 personnel. You know, you like your tight ends in this situation. And how's Juju playing? You know, because we talked about his knee. Uh, the offensive line's in a tough spot. Riley Reef is out. They'll give chip help for sure to the backup Anderson. I can remember they chipped us like all game long in that Super Bowl. They're just not afraid to do it. They'll take less out in the route um, and, and keep their quarterback upright. So Zeke is a big pass pro guy. You'll see him at work. I mean, that's got to be one of the reasons they liked having him there. Uh, and I think if there's one guy that Bill's going to test, and I'm not saying he's going to pass this test or not, but you know, if you got a great rusher who might be a little light in the ass compared to the other guys, right. Hassan Reddick's going to get a lot of work. He's going to get a lot of you know looks, whether it's tight end across the formation, whether it's bunches, whether it's double teams, whether it's chips. I mean, the whole idea for a rusher is that you don't have a rhythm. You know, that that's what's that's what's going to throw Hassan Reddick off. So I think he's going to be that guy that Bill circles and says, we can't let him get going. Yeah, I'm hoping Jalen Carter takes over the game and that can get on the right track with this defensive. Rookie I feel of the real year good about that bet. You know, I feel real good, real good about that bet. OK, so New Orleans, Tennessee. I'm really excited about this game. I'm not really excited to bet it because I feel like in my head, maybe I'm undervaluing, um, you know, Tennessee, but it's a three point line. That ain't much. OK, so. You would think with New Orleans at home, uh, they might be laying a couple more points. But New Orleans, I think that the, the question is when they're on offense, if Christian Fulton is on Olave, there's going to be mismatches elsewhere. And how do they exploit those mismatches? You know, another thing is Tennessee not great against play action. I could see them trying to pound the rock a little bit, especially even though the, the teeth of this defense is a motherfucker, you got to stay with it. You got you got to stay with it. A shot or two could win a game like this. I don't know where the total lands, but to me, it's about establishing a rhythm and taking your shots and penning 
uh, is going to be tested. Okay, he's a guy who's supposedly come along and pass pro. We'll see. Pete was out like three weeks ago. He he, he barely practiced until then. I don't think he practiced until then. Yeah, super uh, low total that game, 41 and a half. 41 and a half. So this is the type of game where you play strong defense, you don't turn the ball over, you try to establish a run game and get something in a chunk every once in a while. So, you know, Pete is going to be sitting in there guard dealing with guys like Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, that'll be a test for him. Uh, I don't know how much Jeffrey really moves up and down, but everybody could get a piece of Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, when they're on offense, I think this is one of those games, man. And maybe I'm grossly undervaluing Tennessee's offensive line. But if I'm Cam Jordan, I know what this first game's about. Okay, as a rusher, you want to play with house money. If you win your 1 p.m. bet, you know how good the 4 p.m.s feel? If you get a sack week one, you're if you guys rolling. go out and get buckets, you're going to feel good. It, 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 it's like a baseball player who, who who's out of a slump. And the other thing can be true. I can remember starting one season, no sacks through like three, four games. And I remember when I first, when I finally got Blaine Gabbert, I was so excited. I, I had his pink towel in my, in my hand. I didn't even get sacked until like the breast cancer awareness deal. And I remember throwing that fucking towel up in the air, 35 yards. Ball was loose, too. I didn't see it. I have a habit of that. But if you're New Orleans, you got to see this as a feast, man. You know, you're, if you can play with house money coming out of week one, it's going to be great for the rushers. And the most important thing for that defense to me is they were top five in the league against play action pass last year. So Tannehill back to the defense, the whole thing, turn, hit the seam. You know, these guys have answers for it. And they got a really good linebacker in the middle of the field in Demario Davis. So uh, I think it's going to be a physical game, a lot of fun to watch. And I can't wait to see Derek Carr in in in, in New Orleans. This might feel like for him a, just the biggest fresh start in the world. And it's such a mental position. So I, I'm happy for him. Cincy Cleveland, the, the two teams that are Super Bowl contenders, depending on who you talk to. I, again, don't I don't buy, you know, Cincy as much. Here's the most interesting part to me. Joe has no deal right now as it sits Thursday afternoon. Um, him taking the field off that calf, no deal. Got to be hard to stay focused. Now, I don't want to be naive because they've been sprinkling, you know, little bites about this actually happening. They could be announcing. It could be done. They could announce it Sunday morning. Joe takes the field much richer and everybody's excited. Honestly, if I was a coach, I might fucking announce some guy's big deal as long as there aren't five other guys up like if Khalil Mack and get and Gabe Jackson and Derek Carr are up I'm not going to do that to Khalil Mack right. but everybody wants Joe Burrow there that would infuse a lot of life into this team like their guy got paid they're over that hump for the other quarterback he's distracted for another reason obviously I think in Deshaun's head if I'm putting myself in his shoes which is hard to do but I I I wonder how much of him wonders if he can still play. Well, when was the last time he even played in a big game? The last big game he played in was the was the divisional round, I believe. That's what it was in 2019 against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's a long time. which was a hell of a ball game. But it has been a long time since he played in a game of even this magnitude. And so, like, if you're Deshaun Watson, do you believe without a shadow of doubt that you're still that guy? And nobody knows. Here's the thing: nobody knows. You know, and and the success of this franchise hinges on that. So, I mean, like, you see the jerseys with the tape all down and all the names and Cleveland's old quarterbacks. You know, hopefully in five years, if you're a Browns fan, you're not putting Deshaun's name on there. 
you know, it's one of those things, well, if we only put the piece of tape in uh, red and blue, it would have worked, but <laughs> it just happened to be the wrong jersey. So um, I, th I think the big question defensively for the Bengals is who's Von Bell? Like, who's Jesse Bates? Who's going to pick up those guys slack? Those, those two of my favorite guys in the secondary in the entire league, and they were such big pieces of what they did last year. They are such a well-coached group. They're so multiple in the things they do well. Um, they are evenly distributed at every level, and now you lose two of your field generals. And Dax Hill, I know they love him. I think he's going to be a good player for them this year. they got to have a huge year out of him because somebody's got to pick up that slack. If you're the Bengals, who's who, who's who's got Njoku on the scene? You know, who, who's coming down there, stick their hat in there when Von Bell used to, you know, go in there and throw his body at Chubb? Like, who's that guy? <laughs> you know, that's what I want to see from the Bengals' defense. And then on defense for the Browns, you know, it's going to be quick game. It's going to be screen. It's going to be it's going to be quick stuff because the Bengals the last couple of years, I feel like their offensive line is slow out of the gate every single mm -hmm. year. And with Joe's calf, the whole thing, you got to go to that quick game. You got to keep these rushers guessing. You got to trap. You got to wham. These guys are going to be playing the the run on the way to the pass. I know what Jim Schwartz's defense is about. So, you know, to slow these guys down, and I do think because they play a lot of zone, Joe's going to have a nice day, but you got to be timing-minded if you're Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And another thing is I think Garrett has eight sacks in five games against these guys, against yep. Joe Burrow. So – you know he's coming. Miami and the Chargers. I can't wait for this game. I love this little rivalry. Okay, maybe because I, I was on the right side of it last year with the quarterbacks. But no matter who you like, you've got two young quarterbacks who are exciting, two offenses with a lot of playmakers, the whole thing, um, and some new defensive pieces, new defensive scheme in Miami. Starting with that, Vic Fangio is going to make them earn everything. And so red zone is going to be huge. You know, if you look at the red zone numbers last year for the Chargers, I think they were 18th in the league. Well, you know who was number one? Dallas. You know who was the coordinator there? Your new boss. So they got to cash in when they get in the red zone because Fangio is going to make them earn shit. You know, it's just the way it is. Uh, and then, and then you know, like Kohu. Kohu's going to be on one of these fucking power forwards, just yeah. draped all over him <laughs> like a Jansport. Yep. And I don't know if it's going to be Mike Williams or if it's going to be the new guy, Quentin Johnson from TCU, but they're all big guys. And so, you know, that size matchup and seeing, you know, the Chargers be more aggressive this year, presumably, how's that going to play out? And then and then a guy that's got to have a big game, you know, for a lot of reasons is Bradley Chubb. And I like Bradley Chubb, former God's team member. But, you know, since Bradley Chubb left Denver, you know, that was a lot of pressure that was placed on him. I mean, it was a big haul. And uh, when you're that guy, you feel it as a rusher. Being a rusher in the NFL is like being a power hitter in the MLB. You know, they, they ultimately look at one statistic. It's the mm -hmm. homers, it's the sacks, and pressures, as, as good as it is, disruptions, as, as valuable as they are, Generally, the pressure mounts when you don't get the sacks. And Bradley Chubb, in my opinion, has enough talent to have a big year, and he's in Van Vic Fangio's system. You know, that's a big one for him. But he has been feeling the pressure in Miami, I'm sure. Because even if you just stay for a second, and that's about as long as I want to stay on Dolphins Twitter, 
they're talking about Chubb. They're, you know, they want to see more, you know, and it doesn't help. There's other good rushers there and Jalen Phillips and guys like that. So I want to see him on Trey Pipkins and I want to see what he's got because this is a great game for him. We talked about house money, get off to a good start, ingratiate himself to not only his teammates. I'm sure they like him. I'm sure they're appreciative that he's there, but having a big game week one can really set the tone in a locker room and on defense. And also feel more legit with that contract, right? Yep. He got traded right away and he yep. signed that big deal. So if yep. he gets a couple buckets right off the uh, right off the jump, that's the thing. It's earned. You know when you're making a lot or when somebody gave up a lot for you, you feel it. I felt it every game I played in St. Louis. A high pick or I'm getting paid a lot. This guy that gave up a huge haul for him and they're trying to win a Super Bowl. So you don't want to be the reason that you can't complete that roster or, uh, or, or the like. So anyways, here's the big matchup for me. It's, it's Staley um, against Mike McDaniel. It's, it's um, J.C. Jackson and those guys against Tyreek Hill. Uh, last year, I think Hill went tw- uh, four, four catches for 80 yards or something like that. It, it was, um, you know, not a game where Tyreek Hill went off. He had two touchdowns. One of the touchdowns, he picked up a fumble that squirted out of a pile and ran it in for a touchdown. So they played a lot of man. They pressed these guys, and that's what I think they got to do again. Now, you could try to keep them guessing and sprinkle some other shit in because they're looking at that tape too, but Tua taking shots wasn't the answer. You know, that's what they tried to do. They just tried to, you know, take their shots, get guys open down the field uh, because they were pressed up and take advantage of that fact, but they couldn't. And that, that bodes really well for the Chargers' defense. They also got frustrated with time of possession. You know, that's another thing. Like, you could see it with Tua. Like, he'd sit for a while, get back out there, make some mistakes. They'd be off the field quick. Miami's got to establish a run game. You know, that's a big one. They got to establish a run game in this game if they want to win this game on the road. So, the other big one, there's one more. Dallas and New York. This is a Vegas game. Sunday night. It's two of America's finest teams when it comes to people that show up and show out on the uh, the Nielsen ratings. Um it's also, you know, um, two good football teams in the NFC right now. I think people overlook the Giants a little bit, myself included. Uh, but Dallas is kind of the class of the NFC right now. They're they're one of those teams. So, you know, last year we got two incomplete games out of this team. I want to see both teams at full strength week one. You had Cooper Rush in the first game. Uh, that was a close ball game. And then on Thanksgiving, they really shut Saquon down. I think he had 39 yards, okay? Uh, so they couldn't get going on the ground. And a lot of that probably had to do with three offensive linemen being down. So I want to see these two teams playing at full strength. Um, Dallas had 169 on the ground in that second game as well. But here's the big stuff for me. Evan Neal's got to remember that first game. You know, Tank Lawrence had a hat trick. He almost had like five sacks that night. And a few of the, 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 the good rushes he had were on Evan Neal. And he's come a long way since that game. That guy has developed a little bit. Can he go the route of Andrew Thomas? You know, he's got the, mm-hmm. the perfect guy on the other side of him and be like, hey, I've been where you've been. I remember last year we did a breakdown on, on Evan Neal, and I said he, he's going to have a long year. Uh, that doesn't mean he can't be a good player. It just means as a rookie he had some things to work on. What's he going to do? And then two rookies starting outside for the for the New York Giants in the secondary. That's a huge deal, okay? Yeah. Not just because C.D. Lamb got after, after their ass last year, also because they just added a thousand yard receiver. Okay. Yeah. So like Brandon Cooks and then Gallup's back. So 
the answer for these guys in the secondary is actually up front. And that's the only answer there is. Okay, you can say you can window dress this thing and and these guys can play the games of their lives. They're fucking rookies, okay? The rushers up front have to win. I have played in games like this where you're like, guys, for us to win this game, y'all got to get home. And so Kayvon Thibodeau, who's had some nice rushes in preseason, who, who's got some nice skills, has to take the second step this year. And this has got to be the game. You know, Tyron Smith, you heard of him? He just got hurt. Yeah. Okay. And I'm assuming Dexter Lawrence is going to get double teamed a lot. Dexter's going to take up double teams. Uh, Ojolari can help. But I'm looking at Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau outside. Terrence Steele just got a big deal, right? You heard of him? Beat him. You know what I mean? This is the week. Everybody's watching this game. You got a chance to really, you want to make Pro Bowls? Fucking everybody's watching this game. It takes one game. Go 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 hit go hit three dongs. Okay, you hit a couple home runs this first game. You're playing with house money. Court of public opinion really shifts. You have one game like you had against Washington last year. You know, mm-hmm. prime time game, the whole thing. They'll fucking send you to Hawaii or wherever they're doing it now. Mobile. And the Giants, if they want to win this game, they got to attack the interior, that that defense from Dallas. I mean, yep. that's one weakness in the middle of the field, to be honest. I'm not talking about the safeties. I'm talking about the front seven in the middle of the field. You got Waller in the pass game, and you got to kill him with the inside zone. Uh, a lot of the, those those uh, those things that will put a young tackle uh, in a bind. You know, make that guy play different schemes, different concepts. Um, you know, because I do think Dallas's interior is going to be one one area that they're going to wish they did a better job with. I'm not saying the kids can't play, but they're kids. Giants have a new starting center too, rookie. I'm interested to see how he does. John Michael Schmitz. Yep, John Michael Schmitz. Atlantic City. We're moving to Atlantic City. Okay, so I'll be faster through these games. Green Bay and Chicago. Okay, here's the thing. This this. This matchup here, if Watson's healthy, which I don't know if he is, if Dobbs is healthy, which I don't know if he is. Watson didn't practice today. They got hamstring problems there. This would be a really fun matchup in the back end because I I like I like the guys outside. Well, I I like the entire secondary uh, in Chicago. So, you know, that would have been a fun and it still could be a fun matchup. Obviously, everybody wants to see the quarterbacks. So I'm talking about like DJ Moore and Jair Alexander. That's a hell of a matchup. And Chicago's shuffled offensive line against this really talented defensive line. I talked about spotlighting them on YouTube. Uh, check that out. But I also want to see why they were in the market for for Jonathan Taylor. You know, like, is there something we're going to find out week one? Probably not, but keep your eye on that. And, you know, Justin Fields, who improved all last year, and it, again, like the best 4-13 and 13 team of all time, small sample size. But Getze did a great job game planning, and changing that offense to suit Fields as he found out more about him. You had a whole offseason now. I haven't seen Fields throw the ball downfield in preseason like that. So this is going to be, you know, what's your your book report look like? You had all summer. You know, let me see. Did you read the book? Did you read Catcher in the Rye? I didn't. Maybe sure Justin Fields did. All right. Um and the same thing from our guy uh, Jordan Love. Yeah, I'm, Actually, excited I'm more excited to see. The vibes are good in Green Bay. It do, it does feel that way. Jacksonville Indy, uh, tough test for a rookie quarterback. Uh, Jacksonville Indy, you got you got Richardson out there against a big veteran group. 
in, in Jacksonville. I mean, up front, they've got rushers, but in, in, in the back end, they do a lot. And so that's a tough one. The, the over-under I want to set here is uh, Anthony Richardson miss sacks caused or Anthony Richardson <laughs> picks. Which one's higher? Mm. Miss sacks caused. I think it's miss sacks caused. And I'm going to set that total at four. I'm, now I'm talking if anybody yeah three three I'll take the over on that I'll take over on three uh that's about all I got on that game Carolina Atlanta a lot of good D linemen in this game one reason yep. to watch you know obviously Atlanta loaded up with a bunch of found pieces on defense so how do they put that together Bud Dupree uh Calais Campbell Onyemata the whole group and then obviously Brian Burns who's, who's not even stretching right now but maybe he'll be stretching Sunday um we'll see they, they've got some good, good guys up front in this game to watch. Miles Sanders, no Philly offensive line. What's that look like? How different is the world for him? Uh, and who's the number one for Carolina? You know, it's a lot of pressure on this kid, Mingo. Um, and if I was Bryce Young's coach, I'd be like, hey, we're taking the check down today. We're taking the check down until we figure this thing out. Um, I would love to see him hit that back foot and deliver the ball uh, all Sunday long. You know, just, just – just don't do anything that's going to get you shell-shocked out there. Adam Thielen and DJ Chark missed practice today. Some yes. more injury news. More injuries, more pressure man. So on, Carolina, uh, man, I, here's the thing with rookie quarterbacks. And I look back the past couple of years. I think a lot of how a guy's going to do early in his career is obviously predicated on the coordinator. It's funny. You can watch these games and be like, yeah, that's got that guy's fingerprint all over it. Because, like, Trevor Lawrence looked awful in some spots in that in that first game. I mean, he, he had three touchdowns, three picks. When you watched all his throws, he was spraying it all over the place. And, you know, also the fact that I think he threw, threw the ball 140 times the first four games of the season. So you don't want to end up in situations like that with Bryce Young. You got a really good co uh, coordinator, now head coach in Frank Reich, yep. who I think is going to take good care of him. You look at like Mac Jones, his first game in New England, he was really efficient. People were raving about him. Well, Josh McDaniels knows how to coach ball offensively. And uh, and then you look at guys like Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. You know, he's Zach Wilson. You know, you, you know he's Zach Wilson looking back. You're like, I know that guy. It's the same thing with the offense he was running. So you go down the list, go back. Uh, it's interesting to see how rookie quarterbacks that are picked in the top five to ten fare their first week and what it tells you about their their development or where they're going. One thing you could hang your hat on is at least Bryce Young is playing at Alabama, not somewhere like BYU. So he's seen big guys. He's seen big games. Uh, he knows what it's like to play in a pro kind of offense. And uh, he knows what it's like to have the standard high. So uh, now let's move to the gulag, which is like <laughs> where you might catch me watching uh, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. Uh, the only story there for me is that Mike Evans is a man of his word. I believe him when he says, hey, if I don't have a deal by, what was it, Sunday or Tuesday? he's good. And here's what I like about him. Mike Evans did a thing that everybody has to like because if you're pro player and you want the guy to speak up and draw the line in the sand, he did that. If you're pro, you know, um, if you're, if you're pro uh, employer, mm -hmm. then you're like, oh, he's gonna play. He's gonna play the season out on this terrible team and then go hit free agencies. I'm not going to play on the Bucks anymore if I don't get my deal done. And I think there's something to be said for that. Mike Evans, we talked to the fantasy footballers about this. The quotes all feel like he's still, he's playing against himself. He's not worried about 
you know, obviously Tampa is going to be a long year. Super, superstars can go in the tank in situations like that, especially a wide receiver who's got to deal with Trask or Mayfield or whatever. He's like, I got goals, man. Like, I'm focused. And I love that about Mike Evans. I love the fact that he's going to play it out. It's not for everybody, but he's going to do it. He's going to be about his business, and he drew his line in the sand. So, As bad uh, as we think the Bucks are going to be, only five and a half points point dogs on the road. That's right. That's right. And I actually would be liable to bet the, the Bucks in this situation just with the points. Now, a side note here, Minnesota goes to Philly next Thursday uh, in a right. uh, rematch of that Thursday night game that didn't go so well last year and uh, something to note new england and philly it's a physical ball game okay so yep. like eagles are going to have to come back home and play again um washington arizona Oof. uh you know howell for a first time starter he's got the sneakiest best situation i mean like you know nolan as you put it you could just run the offense uh and we've heard a lot of good things about how from everywhere but kevin clark um so arizona i think they cover i really do i feel like when you look at the, the the trends, these these week one games, you want to lean on the dogs, that sort of thing. Don't watch this game. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Somebody like me, who's got a, a you know a, a season win total under like the Cardinals, do I start? Do I start sprinkling a little money line on all their games? You know, just in case they do get a win. I haven't run the math on that. Yeah, you could hedge it a little bit at times, for especially because sure. like all it takes is. Four wins. Yeah. I don't know how comfortable you feel betting on Josh Dobbs. No, I don't. I don't. But Josh Dobbs has done me right before. See, Thursday Night Time Machine. Uh, Great immaculate grid guy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the return to Chase Young. I want to see him play. I just want to see where he is. Lots been made of him. Uh, Caleb Williams. This thing matters every time we talk about the Cardinals or the Bucks um, saying, hey, his dad. Yeah. Say his dad's smart, too. It's really like, smart. This is a checkmate move. It's like, and I don't think he's bluffing either. I maybe if Arizona's picking one, he might say, I'm going back to USC to make 10, 15 million dollars. Yeah, it's not a bluff anymore because you can get paid probably more than your rookie deal. You have leverage. And somebody said it. Somebody should be like, Hey, I'll come to Bama for 60 million. <laughs> you know, like, and then you know, stay for another year. Yeah. Uh, these players are in a really good position now, business-wise. So I think. Arizona, I kind of wonder if they're like, fuck, we got to try to win now or like look good losing. Like all of a sudden it's a little more complicated sticking and landing on this thing for somebody who's, who's, uh, who's, who's tanking. Seattle, LA, another team that might end up in the sweepstakes. McVay, though, five and one against the spread in week one matchups. Uh, who's separating for them? I don't know. Like it's Cooper Cup's out. Uh, I don't know any of the, the. Here's the one thing they have going for them. In Seattle, with all that crowd noise, Matt Stafford doesn't need to know anybody's name. It's all nonverbal communication. It's like, you you know, like I could be three feet from you. You're not going to hear me. Um, Vegas, Denver, we already talked about that. How do we feel about it, Reed? I mean, obviously not good. Josh Jacobs okay. destroys us every, uh, every time he good. plays against us. And <laughs> all the hype about Russell Wilson, it's fun. But then he's going to get under center and I'm going to be like, oh, he's hasn't lost a as much weight as we thought he did. Don't, and Sean Payton's going to be like, Don't Stop. end up like Ryan Clark, body shaming a quarterback, and then all of a sudden you you, you have to address him and shit. You're right. You're, you're to right. Like put out a tweet. Yeah. I'll um I'll draft something up tonight. Okay. And then I'll, I'll draft something up in the same time that Sean Payton's going to go out and grab a bunch of dolls for mm -hmm. Russ to slap in the morning. What's that about? 
Is it slapping babies? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You, yeah, said, yeah, you yeah. said go out and slap a baby. slap a baby? Yeah, slap yeah. <laughs> he said stop kissing babies. Did he really I need say to go that? Out and sa- he said slap that? some babies. He, he, I think he was joking, but he was like, yeah, well, it's like the once in a while, just slap one of those babies. It's like the campaign, which is that's one of my favorite movies, uh, one of the most underrated comedies of all time, when uh, Will Ferrell punches a baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what he wants Russell Wilson to go out and do. Last exactly. game, Houston and Baltimore. What's McDonald's plan? If I have a rookie quarterback, possibly playing in the rain, by the way, up in Baltimore, uh, I'm probably going to heat him up. I know that's not like put your Wink Martindale hat on for a week and with unproven rushers, go heat this kid up. You know, Uh, I think on offense, Baltimore, they've got a test. I mean, it's like a small test, but it's one that they want to see where these wide receivers are. Houston secondary, they come to play. Yeah. Uh, Stingley's going to be on Beckham, I think. And, you know, um, I think for Houston, they're probably sitting in this meeting room like, guys, let's, we can take pride in ourselves as a unit this year. Same thing with Baltimore. I want to find out where we are. This is one to watch. Um, and then the offense. What's it look like? You know, the Ravens, totally different offense with Todd Munkin. I want to see it. I want it to go well. Um, and the Ravens dominate week one game. So if you were trying to bet a dog, I might stay away from this one, even though the line's huge. The Ravens have been really good in these spots. So Monday night football. Yeah, we'll get to that on the Monday show. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that. But happy hunting this weekend. It's here. We're finally, uh, we finally got something to talk about, something to do. So take care. I'm